Long time no see, Barbara. <laughs> Don't start with that again. Hey. Oh. What have you been up to? Oh, you know, working undercover at Hydra, acting all uptight and evil. Hmm? You know, I could really go for it right now. Three olive martini. Holy, Holy olives. olives. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby? Hey, Hunter. Nice suit. Nice suit? Really? That's what you're leading with? What did you do to your hair? Ever heard of undercover? I prefer you blonde. Well, I didn't do it for you. Two seconds in, there's already a tone. This isn't a tone. This is my speaking voice when I'm upset with an unreasonable person. What's the deal there? Hunter ever tell you stories about his she-devil ex-wife? All the time. Gun Damn. Anyone mind telling me what the bloody hell she's doing here? Bobby's one of our best agents. Oh, that's rich. They mind telling me what I'm doing here? It's easy. I vouch for you. Why the hell would you do that? All right, everyone. Welcome back to uh, Gundam at MHQ. This is one of your hosts, Neo, and joining me always is Solbro. Solbro, say hello. Good afternoon, evening, wherever you're at. Welcome to the show. And uh, man, we have a big surprise. We haven't heard from this person in what an episode, but actually, <laughs> and hadn't heard from him in quite a, most of the summer because he was taking some time off. Uh, now going to the the editor in chief. Uh, co-founder of MHQ.net, Mr. Chris Guanche. Chris, welcome back. Uh, how's it feel to be back uh, to uh, doing what you love? I still hate everybody and all things. Oh, yes. All right. So it seems like the, uh, the vacation did not work for him. He's <laughs> as early as ever. The more things change, the more they stay the same. They do. You kids, get off my internet. <laughs> get off my digital lawn. <laughs> And uh, this is episode 153 of uh, Gundam and MHQ. And in this episode, we're just going to have one extended segment. And it's going to be the first four epo- episodes of Gundam G Recon- Re- or Gundam Reconquista G, the new uh, weekly series by a little guy named Yokoshuki Tomino. You know, I'd have known him from uh, such things. Such things as uh, Zeta Gundam, Overman King Gainer, Deon, stuff like that. Isn't he that. most famous, though, for you know stuff like Garcy's Wing and Wings of Rian? He is very famous for those, too. Yeah, uh, Almost infamous, if, as some might say. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Definitely. So we'll be going through those first four episodes. And do not fail, folks. Um, we, uh, we will be doing... We do realize that Build Fighters is going on, too. Uh, but we'll probably just be doing a season recap of that when the first season concludes in a, in a month or so or a couple months so uh, no, no emails or posts on that where's build 
spiders try. We're not doing 2008 again. No, no. <laughs> we, like, we like to call it a halftime report since it's all about playing a game when we get halfway through the series. We'll, uh, we'll go ahead and uh, definitely... It's a sequel. Yeah, well, it's, it's, a sequel. it's a sequel. And on top of that, um, you know, if, if anything, I, I'm sure there'll be a lot of talk on, on, the, on the boards and whatnot about that too. And once we get to the halfway point, we'll have a lot to talk about. So Plus, plus uh, when you look at prioritizing first Tamina show in 15... First Gundam Tamina show in 15 years, uh, the second season of a show that concluded, what, a few months ago? Yeah. Um, yeah, that uh, Tamino show is going to get it. So, and, and the first Tamino show that's been airing um, in, in real time since we started this podcast. So that, you know, hey, we, we, we kind of have to do it. <laughs> Don't lose. See if you can get him on. <laughs> I'm sure he's, he's clamoring. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, anything before we go into some news? Because we do have a lot of good news tonight. So anything, uh, Chris, any, any fights that you're fighting, the good fights? Anything that you need to... F- go on with or i don't fight the good fights anymore yeah don't fight them anymore (laughs) straight on the bench (laughs) so all right well uh, as i'm sauntering over to the larry king memorial news studio you are the king you are the king ready for sim neo's listener submitted news articles and uh, always you can post these in the neo's listener submitted news articles thread in the gundam section of the mecha talk forum and one thing before i get going here um not liking this new trend that I'm seeing, the placeholder. Uh, you, you don't put a placeholder uh, in, in the in the eyes of the you know in the in the line of the thread in the and uh, sit there and. and put the news back into it later. This is, like I've stated before, this is uh, news hunger games. Uh, so, you know, you, if you have it, you got to put it there. If not, it's not going to be looked at. So, hate to break it to you, all, all you guys that did your little placeholders. It's not a thing. One more thing I'm going to have to add to the uh, the rules. <laughs> I, 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 see, I, I feel in uh, a couple years from now, the rules are probably going to take up the whole entire first page of the thread. So, oh, Jesus. <laughs> But uh, but thank you for the enthusiasm. But please uh, do not try to skirt the system. This is uh, not a democracy. It is a uh, it's a dictatorship when it comes to the news. A, so. a neo dictatorship. Neo dictatorship. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Katniss you know there was not... one thing I, I forgot to say when you prompted me if I wanted to say something. Oh well, go ahead. Say something now. Well, you know, given my absence, there also has been the very obvious absence of uh, the old timey segment. Yes, mm-hmm. that is true. Our first but news. It's, it's coming back. Awesome. It is. So by the time you are listening to this episode, the thread will have opened up for submissions again. So please check that first post for the rules and then just pop in and drop your submissions. Can't wait for that stuff from the day, man. He's usually got some great ones for <laughs> the uh, old-timey. He <laughs> does, man. The man breaks neck to put out the best uh, old-timey ones. So I'm looking forward to that, too. So, uh, all right. Well, that's it. I'm in the Larry King Memorial News Studio. I'm ready to do some news. Not the Will McAvoy studio how dare you sir how dare you <laughs> in honor of I, last I will pretend i will pretend that i did not hear that um <laughs> going to the first news article here some regular news it comes from m121 akuma and this is some sad news uh and actually for a current show that's going on looks like um the voice actor of ron Baral in gunda bill fighters try has been hospitalized and uh, he's going to be replaced uh, by another voice actor in uh, in the coming episodes so uh temporarily yeah definitely it says here he's got uh extended uh uh kachuni hoki and he's ex- extended stay for unspec- unspecified illness so hopefully it's nothing uh, too bad hopefully it's no abula or anything like that you know if anything given a lot of these um 
voice actors, especially the old-timey ones, are notorious chimneys. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. yeah. So I think it's some emphysema, maybe some uh, lung, lung cancer. cancer. Who knows? <laughs> oh, my God, man. I fear I fear for Wakamoto and, uh, and, and the voice of Char, man. Oh, my God, dude. No. No, we can't. Uh, hopefully, hopefully they put away the cigarettes, man. But they oh probably haven't. Imagine. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even. I don't even know what will happen if Akita dies. I, I just like just be a, a whole episode of silence. <laughs> I just. I just sit there play. I just be, be me sobbing in the background while you're listening to him. Just you know, just uh, Shar takes on loops. Just. <laughs> What if, what if what if it's just the the, the gentle uh, soothing sounds of Chargakudu in the background? Oh, there you go. That, that, would, be, that, would, be cool. that would be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I could deal with that. I could do, definitely deal with that. Mm-hmm. So uh, not a problem. Just his best lines on loop <laughs> with that music playing in the background. <laughs> Never forget. Definitely, definitely. So, um, mm-hmm. well, thank you, Mister M One Twenty One Akuma, for your submission. Oh, the next one here comes from Rodimus Seventy Six, and he's got a link to the ScreenRant.com website. And there's going to be, ooh, get this, Pacific Rim Two. Oh, uh, the, the movie about the robots, not the about not the porno. Oh, is uh, going to start filming in fall of two thousand fifteen, and they looks like here they may have some plans ready for Pacific Rim Three. Oh shoot! So yeah, there you go. I'm sure everybody. Would the porno be Pacific Rim job? <laughs> it, it would be. Yeah, I guess so. There you it go. Definitely would. Chris needs to know a lot just about this. Just wanted to be perfectly obvious. <laughs> Perfectly obvious, yes. So it says here that they've uh, uh, Del Toro and his co-writer Zach Penn are still working on the Pacific Rim two script, but they plan to start beginning um, filming November of December of next year. So um, that'll be that'll be some cool stuff there. So I guess maybe middle late summer sixteen, you would probably see that. Maybe fall or something like that. I don't know, I don't know how long it takes to film giant robots. But uh, then no need to rush. But uh, thank you, Mr. Rodimus76, for your submission. Ooh, Rodimus76 comes back with another one. And this is just a quick thing uh, from the comicbook.com website. Guys, ever hear of a little movie called Guardians of the Galaxy? Oh, no, never. (laughs) Guess if it uh, crossed the $7 million worldwide gross mark. So, uh, I mean, the 700 million. 700 million, yes. Well, 7 million seven would million? be entirely unimpressive. That, that would be day one. That would be like in one metro area, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's... Um, and here, you know, it's, it's funny. You think about that, and you're like, wow, I just think of when I first heard that that movie was coming out, I was like, oh, okay, I could see that. And then for it to be the breakout hit that it became, that's it's... It's good to see. So, um, and, and of course, the mouse is saying, "Don't question me." So, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you that for that, Mister Rodimus seventy six for your submission. Ooh, this is some uh, interesting news. And when I heard this, I was kind of—I don't know how to feel about this. I mean, I like—I like the choice, but it's kind of. It kind of is very interesting, but this comes from uh, Dark Hound Noir mm-hmm. and uh, coming from the ComingSoon.net website. I guess everybody's heard that it kind of been Scarlett Johansson's kind of in the lead, possibly to be be the major in the screen adaptation of uh, Ghost in the Shell. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know there's nothing planned, but I guess she's kind of in the lead. So um, I mean, granted, I like watching Scarlett Johansson, but I was kind of I was kind of sitting there going, hmm, that's. 
that's an interesting choice. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm good with it, honestly. I mean, I was I, I was actually. Part of why I'm saying it's interesting yeah. is because she's short. Yeah, but I, I never I never saw the major as really that's... tall, especially standing next to Bato. She's yeah. a fucking um, robot. Though. Her being yeah. short has never really been much of a problem either in Lucy or in Marvel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, no, I mean, I, I mean, Black Widow is not a big chick, anyways. But and I did like I the know. initial choice of Margot Robbie too. But uh, it looks like Oops. she's got her hand. Margot Robbie was uh, originally uh, rumored to be. Who is this person? Margot Roby was the uh, wife of the second wife of Leonardo DiCaprio in The Wolf of Wall Street. The blonde? I uh, didn't see it. Oh well, I, <laughs> that's all I can pretty much tell you. But uh, not exactly a marketable name. Yeah, not, not a marketable name yet. She's Australian. Um, she definitely has the build to be the major, and uh, I, I think she has the acting chops to be the major too. But once they talked about Scarlett Johansson, it's like, well, that trumps Margot Roby right there. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's definitely um, yeah. That's, that's definitely interesting. I, I know in cases like this, people will always bring up the whole idea of whitewashing, and that certainly is a valid concern. Yeah. But in this case... Yeah, she could be anyone. So I, 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 I think it can be justified because we know that the major is just a brain mm-hmm. that gets put into any freaking body that she wants. Exactly. So there's, it's not like she's actually still technically Asian. She's just a brain, so she could be in any body she wants. If she wants to be in you know, the body of a Caucasian woman she very well could be yeah i'm hoping that the the supporting cast a lot of them are japanese or asian actors but uh when it comes to you the know major, they're probably going to set this movie in like new york or uh, la or something they probably will localize it but i mean part of the i mean I, they could they could come up with an excuse like saying that because of all the uh refugees that uh japan is a far more multicultural sorry uh tokyo is a far more multicultural c- city now than it was you know uh, they're not today. gonna do that yeah. you know it's gonna be la and new york that would take some creativity i suppose but i guess i guess that's probably not gonna happen Oh, she could are. still be if you put it in LA. She could still be Asian. Yeah, even Bato could be Caucasian too, or any 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 race too. Because uh, I honestly don't think he was ever Japanese. I think he's uh, either a mul- a man of multicultural background or uh, or, or, or Caucasian. He, he never appeared to me to be Japanese. Everybody else in Section Nine did, not Bato. So, oh, I don't even care who's the major. I just want to know who's going to be Aramaki. Oh shit! <laughs> that's 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 the real that's Patrick the real Stewart. casting thing. Yo, can, oh, can, can you imagine? Can Watanabe in his makeup from Inception. <laughs> Patrick Stewart with the with the um, with the um, <laughs> fuzzy what's, hair. What, yeah, what's the guy? Can kind of have that hair from uh, the guy from Babylon Five, <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> if they can't get Stewart. <laughs> Oh man! If they can't That'd get Stewart. Awesome. They can't get Stewart. They should get Warwick Davis. I'm just, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> He's got his hands full anyway. Who is that? Who's the hell's? Who is Warwick Davis? Who's well, that? Willow. Uh, 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 one of the Ewoks. Uh, Wicket. <laughs> Wicket. Are, you, are you kidding me? You uh, just said that. I, the I, leprechaun. I, I said I was oh, joking. Oh. <laughs> That's just. Hey man. Oh, oh, oh Peter Dinklage. Stinko. I'm sorry, Dinklage. Holy shit! There we go. We're done. We're done. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, can I go on to yeah, news? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. okay. Sorry. Before you keep casting the Ghost in the Shell movie, that's hey, man, I'm trying. Not even slated to come out yet. I'm so. trying. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Why is Neo 
so robophobic. And now it's time for some robo apocalypse news. And this is very scary. We got some scary stuff here. Mm -hmm. The first one here, and this is coming from Rodimus76. I guess there was a football game in Serbia and Albania and was suspended due to violence instigated by a drone flying above with a flag. Yes. And he's saying here, this is how the robots will win by turning humans against each other. Oh, yeah. That's exactly how they'll do it. Jesus they'll do Christ. it. Yeah, because you, you know in that part of the world, there's all kinds of that sec- the, was it sectarian violence and all that between all the ethnic groups. And they there was a flag that went up that just, you know, made the whole thing not good. So uh, the robots know. They know. Oh, shit. <laughs> they definitely know. They know too and much. they even know this. And this is going to be the worst thing for me mm-hmm. because I just can't believe this. I cannot believe that the Japanese are actually doing this. Oh. You know how we have like uh, Super Bowl week and, you know, things like that, fashion week in New York? But yeah. they're going to have a robot week. Oh. They're having a robot week going. that's going, oh, it was already going on October 15th through the 17th. I didn't hear about this from the, the spies. They might, they, my spies are not talking to me. My, uh, so, but yes, they had Japanese, Japan Robot Week. That's a trade show focusing on service robots, in quotes. So you know what that means, sexeroids. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's an event that alternates each year with the cooler sounding uh, the international robot exib- exhibition. If you're wondering what a service robot is, do you know what they are? Do you know what would be called a, a, a service robot? Uh, a robo escort? Well, they're saying either a nursing robot, a life support robot, or a disaster response robot. But we we all know it's mm. sexroids. There you go. So, you see, you yeah. see through the bullshit once again the japanese see it's all going to start there you know that's the genesis right there and when it goes on they're going to be going crazy and they're going to be like hey save us like no the the genesis or the genesis whatever (laughs) dumb way it's spelled in terminator now with all the Uh, lies i I didn't know that why is the t-800 still aging Shouldn't, shouldn't that not happen? Oh, that's oh. Someone probably already dropped the storyline. Anybody talk about? Uh, anybody hit you a storyline with what uh, James Cameron said about that? No. Okay. James Cameron said that uh, basically his idea for the producers of uh, Terminator Genesis was: what if uh, they send the ter- Terminator back a little bit too far uh, in the past, and the Terminator's skin is all organic, so he would age like a normal human being. But the theory is, is that Arnold Schwarzenegger's character in this movie has been in the past for so long that he's you know the appropriate age. Of Arnold Schwarzenegger would be, but still underneath all the aging skin and whatnot, he's still a T-8-100 and able to, you know, kick as much ass. He might have, I don't know, he because he's been on in the past for so long, he's actually acclimated himself more into society. So he's actually more human than, say, his character from T-2. So um, it's going to make for an interesting character if they actually followed uh, Cameron's advice. I don't know if the producers did or didn't, but uh, uh, from his description, that sounds pretty awesome. Uh, okay. Um, okay. <laughs> I think yeah, I, I think it sounds I, I, good. I think it I sounds dope. Was, I'm sorry. I was kind of falling asleep All right. at, after aging T800. All right. Okay. Um, well, I'm sure some appreciated it, but whatever. For finally <laughs> some of the most scariest robot apocalypse news ever. Uh-huh. Would you let a robot near your brain? Oh, wow. That's a loaded question. <laughs> well, how about you, Chris? Would you let a robot near your brain? Maybe uh, perform brain surgery on you? Depends what it's doing. Because uh, there are some scientists, you know, and what they're doing is they're trying to create a robot that will go through your cheek. For, and this is for people with epilepsy and seizures and stuff and perform brain surgery on them. I don't know if I could do this. A robot? Oh, God, no. After all the things I've said about the robots, mm-hmm. I'd be <laughs> it would turn on me quick. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. And that's uh, this, this article is coming from Poster Calamity. 
2007. So, and now the best way to offset some robot apocalypse news is some human resistance league news. Cylon into the CIC. And we got some great ones here. The first one here comes from Rodimus 76. And uh, there's a there's a guy in New Jersey that shot a that uh, took a shotgun and blew his um, neighbor's drone out of the sky. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and the picture of this dude, and this coming from the geeklogie.com, uh, his name is Johnny Drone Hunter, Defender of Privacy. And uh, I think I'm going to offer him a commission into the human resistance league. <laughs> 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 but I think this will have some interesting things because in this article they're talking about uh, the whole thing with like uh, what's privacy and what is actually your part of your property, you know, because your property rights don't go completely up through the sky because mm-hmm. there comes a point where the FAA, it's, you know, because of uh, flight pass and all that stuff. So th- this could be a very interesting thing because, um, you know, uh, this guy kind of was dumb. He, he used a, a shotgun in a, an area to blow this out of the sky. but In a completely know, so, urban area. <laughs> in a completely urban area, yes. So, and, and it's, um, it's one of these things of they might rule that trespassing, the courts might rule trespass by drone is unlike trespass by pet. So, like, you can't shoot somebody's cat just because they go into your yard. I mean, you could throw stuff at it, but you're not allowed to shoot it. But, um, so, yeah, so. But Johnny Drone Hunter, I'm offering you a, a, a quick commission, uh, a battlefield commission in the uh, Human Resistance League. We'll, we'll need guys like you because uh, those drones will be flying when the war starts. Now, you may want to do a little bit of a psych profile because what if Johnny Drone Hunter turns out to be like Johnny Everyone Hunter? That too. Or he could be like uh, old dude in, what was that, Terminator Armageddon? What was that movie? The one with... Salvation. Salvation. I knew it was something like that. So... Um, could be like that but yeah you're right he could be johnny i just want to shoot everything so what is it the uh he'll have the the thing of stan's uh stan's uncle he's heading right for me and just shoot <laughs> <laughs> so thank you mr rodimus 76 for your submission and mct dread finishes up uh human resistance league with some with some news here and he goes the human resistance league should invest in hawks because uh, there's a there's an article here that a hawk actually took out somebody's um, drone that was flying with a camera. Yo, damn. And yes, we're always gonna hawks are our friends, just like dogs. And you know these these are we need animals like this to help us fight the robo scourge. Because once they're done with us humans, they're gonna go after the hawks. So yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have fleets of hawks, <laughs> and we already do. So um, what if there's robo hawks? Oh man, but they'll pff, well the are the human hawks or Animal hawks will fight the uh, the robo hawks. What if the robo hawks have like machine gun talons? Oh no, uh, we're gonna outfit our hawks with uh, uh, laser eyes. You know, like a laser on their head. Freaking laser! <laughs> <laughs> hawks with lasers. <laughs> Just want a hawk with a freaking laser. I want a freaking hawk with a freaking laser. So uh, thank you, Mr. MCT Dread, for your submission. And uh, that's it for Human Resistance League news. Unfortunately, a very sad moment. There is no survey news alerts. 
it's kind of sad, but we have something else that we can use to, uh, you know, help put us through our day. What could that be? And uh, this is actually, I'm going to give credit to two posters. They did some some links on that were announcing this announcement. And I'll just give uh, credit to Mula Flaga, Evil Australian, and MCT Dread. And of course, it's the Sunrise Right Stuff uh, agreement to distribute Gundam into uh, the U.S. via Blu-ray and DVD. Chris, I take it on. I give it to you because I'm sure you have much to say on this and probably know a little bit more details than I do, and especially that Solbro knows. Okay. <laughs> well, of course, it was big news announced at the Sunrise panel at uh, New York Comic Con, and uh, our pal Andres was there live-tweeting the whole thing. Oh, shoot. That's awesome. So props to him for giving us the first hints of what was going on as it was happening. Mm-hmm. Nice. So what we do know is that they've entered a distribution deal with Right Stuff, which so far includes the original series double zeta and turn a now that doesn't come as any really surprise to me because it's the least amount of work they've already released the original series before Mm -hmm. double zeta was already translated last year for daisuke and i'm sure bandai did a fair amount of translation work on turn a before their u.s division went under Mm -hmm. so it's probably just picking up where they left off as for everything else you know again it's the they they're talking about everything but you know they've said that before (laughs) (laughs) so i'm not gonna jump in line and and wait yet for my blu-rays of victory and x and whatever Mm -hmm. yeah but i'm cool again blu-rays of turn a well they have not said blu-rays yet so a lot of people said dvds right a lot of people are jumping on the bandwagon thinking it means blu-rays of everything and they've not mentioned that at all if it's dvds so the only thing i'm pretty sure we would get blu-rays of so far is the origin which they did announce is being dubbed uh, by the same studio that did unicorn And they also mentioned that they're working with an American licensor to get Reconquista released here, but that the deal wasn't wrapped up by Comic-Con, and they want to have that straightened out by the end of the year, including the streaming, which explains why we never saw an official American stream for Reconquista, but we did for the UK and Australia. Right. So, long story short, yes, I am happy about this news, and I will absolutely pick up the shows that were not released here. I'm glad that there is a reprieve on turn A and we will get a chance to own it. And if they do release Blu-rays of everything, then hell, I'll even double the stuff I already bought before because from what I've seen of the rips, they're that big of a quality jump. Except... For Seed and Destiny, I will never buy those because I'm not going to (laughs) pay premium Blu-ray prices for hacked-up fake widescreen. Oh, true that. That's right. I forgot they did that to that. I want the movies, man. I definitely want, like, Char's Counter-Attack and even F91. They look beautiful Mm, in Blu-ray. They do. So that's all good news, and... I'm glad that we're confirmed for Origin and that Sunrise is working on Reconquista. Mm-hmm. However, oh, here we go. <laughs> some people on the internet have taken to uh, letting their hopes and dreams get ahead of them and think that um, everything that they've wanted has come true. Right. Including people who run stupid, you know, slacktivist hashtag campaigns. Oh. And no, this is this is not that. I mean, yes, it's good that we've got the Origin in. Uh, Barnes and Nobles. Mm-hmm. It's good that there's a small selection of overpriced kits at Barnes and Nobles. Mm-hmm. And it's good that we're going to get some distribution from Right Stuff. But that's going to be pretty small time stuff because Right Stuff is not 
a huge retailer and distributor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those glory days of the year 2000 are just never coming back. You know, people are talking about, oh, we could have build fighters on Cartoon Network and blah, blah. It's like, that, that's just not going to happen. Oh, man. Oh, really? It's, it's burned that, huh? Yeah, people think that build fighters could be like the Pokemon of Gundam and trigger this huge wave of fandom. It's like, that's just not going to work because build fighters is built completely upon, you know, jokes of nostalgia Models, and yeah. having seen all these shows that none of these kids have ever seen. Yeah. Maybe you hook them on some of the robot fights, but they're not going to get the in-jokes that make up the majority of the episodes when the fights aren't happening. Yeah, that is true. So that's not going to happen. Reconquista, not a show that I see Toonami really caring about. Oh, no, not at all. Funny you should mention Cartoon Network. Uh, yesterday, the news hit that um, Dish took it off their lineup, or t- is taking it off their lineup, because of lack of viewership. So um, they can't even get people to watch the original programming on Dish, let alone you know put a show on there with a niche following. So, uh, yeah, I-, I don't know if the-, the dreams of that, you know, Build Fighters or any Gundam series coming on Cartoon Network is going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. So let's come back down to Earth and realize that this is a small time thing this is sunrise you know stepping st- stepping its foot into the water and testing things but make no mistake mm-hmm. this second chance is all there's going to be there's not going to be a third chance so this is the point where people again really need to step up and stop talking and whining about hashtags and you know moaning about video games and all the manga and all the stuff that they want to get that they're not ever going to get this is what we're getting and if you want to support it this is the time to buy it. I'm not saying you have to buy everything because I even see people moaning saying, oh, why are they picking those three series first? God, why does it have to be turn A or double Zeta? Well, you know what? Just because you don't like those doesn't mean other people don't. don't. So I was saying the same thing to people too. Um, basically, the way you, uh, you, you answer that basically, if there's a Gundam series that's coming out here that you don't want, but you've got spare money to be able to buy it anyway, buy it as a gift for a friend. You see as a birthday's coming up, buy it. Your, every vote counts when it comes to buying these things you guys did great when it came to the origin you're doing great when it comes to buying the models but uh when it comes to these shows if you don't like tourney gundam but you got a friend that's a, a, a tourney gundam fan and they can't afford it you know buy it for for christmas the holidays just are right at around least, the corner at least if if you hate it so much you can't even countenance spending your money on it even for somebody else yeah at least buy a show that you like exactly for I mean, yourself whether it's the original series or something else your dollars but, gonna keep the shows coming and yes if you don't pick them pick them up these could be the only things we get they're testing the water with these because people have been begging for turn a but if the people don't show up and buy these shows pre-orders also matter too you won't believe how much they matter so when they become available for pre-order i'm already putting my pre-orders down for uh, mobile suit gundam and turn a when they come out so i'm putting my money where my mouth is i hope you guys can do the same yeah and once again buying is the only vote that actually counts not retweets and likes and hashtags exactly this is they don't don't. Those don't mean anything, Chris? Are you telling me that when you retweet or you like something, that doesn't matter? I'm sorry to have to be the bearer of bad news. What about petitions, man? (laughs) Damn it. Petitions work, right? But yeah, seriously, man, I, I tweeted the same thing. I said uh, that, you know, this is the second chance and it's a narrow, narrow chance that we have. So, I mean, I, I hear complaints about people saying that, you know, these are not the series they're into. In all truth, a lot of Gundam fans in the fan base, and Chris will test to this, is pretty divided. Like, p- some people only like one show, which means, you know, you're happy when Gundam gets announced to come out here, but you're only looking for one show out of, uh, you know, out of well over 15. So it's like, come on, man. I, I don't know. A, I think the fan base needs to diversify what series they're 
they're into. And B, you know, this will not succeed unless people pick up episodes, uh, pick up volumes. So I, I, I hope it turns out well. And I plan to, to, to put my own two cents in literally. So. <laughs> Well, I would, and I would just put one put more, in. one more comment uh, to throw uh-huh. in. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that a lot of people love Blu-ray. I love Blu-ray myself. I try to buy everything on Blu-ray unless it's absolutely not possible. Mm-hmm. So uh, if it turns out that Sunrise is releasing shows that you want and necessarily a format that you don't care for, don't use that as a typical anime excuse, fan excuse of, oh, if it's not on Blu-ray, I'm not going to buy it at all. Mm-hmm. Because that attitude is not going to help. So if you like Turn A or MSG or Z or whatever, Double Z or whatever, and they don't release it on Blu-ray, please just put your annoying fanboy tendencies aside and just bite the bullet and buy it on DVD because this is going to be the last chance. Yeah, when the Blu-rays come out, just re-gift it to someone else. <laughs> the DVDs, Assuming that is. Ever gonna, they may never even do Blu-rays That's because true. they're so uptight about reverse importing. So yeah. if DVDs is the only thing that they're going to offer, mm-hmm. just roll with it, please. I plan to re-gift my Mobile Suit Gundam, the original release with the single uh, single audio track to a, to a friend as soon as I get my hands on the re-release from SG. So uh, you know, you can always re-gift if they if we do stand to get the chance of getting the Blu-rays later on. So there's there's always options you have. And and Neil, I I, I interrupt you. I'm sorry. No, I, I was just gonna say that um you know it's this is it. You know, it's just people stop stop wishing. You got your stuff. Mm-hmm. If you want it, go ahead and buy it. If you don't want to buy it, you don't need to make any more excuses about anything. Because the other thing is. Uh, one of the things I've just been finding out with a lot of people in the last few years is when they don't want to buy something for whatever reason, they just say, well, I didn't want it anyways. Yeah. So, or it's not what I wanted. So who cares? You got it, support it. If it doesn't, um, if it doesn't work out in, in the future, that, like Chris said, this is it. I mean, you got it, do something you want to do with it. So, um, but yeah, that's, uh, definitely some, uh, great news there. So it's awesome, uh, man. I, I just hope that news keeps on coming. <laughs> So, uh, but um, anything else on Gundam? Because I know we have one other thing that we need to speak about. I'm good. And uh, I'll give this credit. Uh, P- Power Man 293 had put this up there, uh, talking about the new Macross show that's tentatively titled uh, Macross Delta. And Chris, any other news on that at this point, or other than what we kind of know? Well, we know that they're going to be doing a nationwide idol audition, again, mm-hmm. like they did with Frontier to find an amateur and bring them in, which is how we ended up with uh, Ronka Lee. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's yeah. going to be a pretty long process because they're only starting to accept the applications in December. So if Frontier's schedule is anything to go by, I wouldn't expect anything about this show until probably spring of 2016. Maybe a preview by the end of next year. Yeah, it would sound about right. So, all right. I guess we got a wait ahead of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, and we'll keep you updated as we get information. So, uh, guys, anything before we go on to our first and only segment of the night? Yeah. Also about that Macross, guys. Um, let's try to limit the the years of complaining that a it's not a remake of the original series, oh. that it's not Macross the first, because that's to become now the origin of Macross fans. Oh, okay, yeah. And let's not complain the old reliable standby that uh, it's not about the Mega Road. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. No, Where is that? Where are right now? Are they having dinner? Oh, we, we lost you for a second, Neil. Um, say that again? No, I was saying we're, the, the Adventures of the Mega Road. We, you know, are they not, having dinner not, now? Not happening. Yeah. Count Mori likes going forward, and as we already know, this show is going to take place in 2067, so Ooh. Mega Road is far behind in the rearview mirror. Yeah, it's just a floating husk in space. <laughs> 
And everyone's dead. Oh. Everyone is dead. Yes, they are. What a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing Everyone I hope for... Eventually. Oh, my gosh. I just hope that this new little idol singer is less annoying than Rocket Lee. Ouch, man. Because... Yeah, I can't do that again. Well, I hope she's just as annoying. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I, 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 um, I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see who they pick. Well, we'll see. All right. In a year or so from now. So, all right. Guys, anything else? Before now, we go back to our first and only segment of the night. Nope. The first four episodes of uh, Gundam G. Reconquista. Reconquista G. Whatever the hell it's called. But, uh, all right. Well, listening to Gundam at MHQ. We'll be back in a little bit. I'm David Kay, a.k.a. the voice of Professor X from that old series, X-Men Evolution. And you're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. Logan? Logan, where is Storm? Kill it a comfort tea. In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is Not That Podcast www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. The Anime Addicts Anonymous Podcast presents Chiaki on Tokyo Nightclubs So then, I'm in this club, and here's the way it works with, like, the foreign guys in the clubs. They're like... I'm just kind of moving my shoulders, walking over to you. There's my penis! <laughs> <laughs> shh, shh, it's okay. It's just my penis. Well, I decided I'm gonna dance with a Japanese guy, because I'm like, I'm in Japan, I'm in a club in Tokyo, I'm gonna dance with a Japanese guy. And Japanese guys are the best people to dance with at clubs, because they keep all the creepers away from you because you're dancing with someone. Oh. But like... One of the big thresholds we got to when we were dancing together was he held my hand. Guys, when dancing with Chiaki, you might want to keep it in your pants. For more Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast, visit www.aaapodcast.com or iTunes. Hey, this is Stephanie Shea, and you're listening to Gundam at MAHQ.
to Gundammit MAHQ. This is Chris, and we're going to start off our main topic for tonight, which is a review for episodes one through four of Gundam Reconquista in G. So if we know this is part of the 35th anniversary, and this is the first time that Tamino has directed a Gundam series in 15 years since turn A. Mm-hmm. So the timeline moves forward drastically to year 1014 of the Regild century, which, as we understand, is the successor to the Universal Century, Mm -hmm. which ended pretty miserably and with war and destruction and cannibalism, as is befitting the Universal Century and its (laughs) cycle of death and destruction and general misery. So in this world, we have a space elevator, very unlike the ones from Double O called uh, the Capital Tower, and... It shuttles photon batteries back and forth from space and Earth and also people. So we focus on Bellary Zenum in episode one, the mysterious mobile suit. Mm-hmm. He's a Capital Guard cadet who is heading up to space for training with other cadets, but their trip is interrupted by the arrival of the G-Self, which was briefly glimpsed in the opening, piloted by a dark-skinned girl who jumped out of the cockpit and was captured, and who happens to be on said space elevator. Mm-hmm. So Belry and the other cadets try to fight off the G-Self, and he manages to succeed and capture it. And the pilot is a woman, a young girl named Ida Ray Hunton, and Belry has a look at the cockpit and is able to turn it on immediately after she says that only she can turn it on. And the episode ends with him uh, trying out the G-Self and moving it around. So, Solbro, your thoughts on this opening episode? Well, I when I watched it, uh, I was pretty much in for uh, that old uh, Tomino t- uh, uh, chicanery, man, and I wasn't I wasn't too disappointed with uh, how I, I guess how much of a, a stranger I felt in a strange land with the show uh, when watching it for the first time. I didn't have a problem with that because a lot of Tomino shows start out that way. You know, you get a you get a kind of taste for society and uh, where where it's at at that time, and you get introduced to a whole array of characters, which this episode definitely does. There's a ton of characters they throw at you and you know some of them are going to be significant and other ones are going to be kind of second tier as for uh belry um as him him as a character i i like he's simple and you know you're going to see that the series is going to forge a path for him and his development as it goes along a path to a sword a path to a sword yes <laughs> he's the and, new and, king and arthur a lady, I'm just... <laughs> a lady in a lake and the lady in the lake, man. Uh, yeah, he's 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 the new. You sure, you want you sure you want to use phrases like paths being forged, giving you history. <laughs> I'm not calling him King Arthur, all right. <laughs> I'm just saying it's going to be an inter- interesting journey with his character. And you know, he seems to be you know in the system. Basically, he uh, he he's all about. Uh, him uh, being a cadet and uh, working along with his people so he's not angsty coming out the gate he's not angsty at all you know he, he likes where he's at and he's into he's into what he does so piloting in mobile suits is not going to be a problem for him um but, you know when he is confronting uh he's confronting uh what's her name ida yeah uh yes. yeah when he's confronting ida and she tells him that you know the the world is not square as a lot of people have been complaining about you know it to me it was like a, a statement where you know things are not so simple and you know you might think that we're the villains because of the fact that you know we're unaffiliated with the military and we're trying to you know get our side some energy but 
you know, you know, you have to understand where it comes from from our side. And you know, he is just a little too gung ho to capture her and 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 appease his masters and 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 fit further into his uh his set. But I thought it was a solid first episode. It leaves you asking questions, <clears throat> which a lot of Tomino series do, and I'm completely fine with that because I know eventually we're going to get answers. And you know, I, I I had fun when watching it. But I'll go ahead and pass it back to you. Neil, your thoughts on the episode? Well, like Sopro said, I mean, it, it's got that Tamino uh, touch to it at, as a first episode. You're kind of dropped into um, a new world. But what's you know strange about this is outside of like Turn A, which it's, you know, we, we finally find at the end that it's related to the other Gundam series. At the initial part, you, you don't know what it is. It seems all, an alternate century. And, and then, of course, in all the universal century ones that he had done, you, you know, you, you have that history already set up. But what's made this one very interesting is you get all of these quick little things about, you know, Minoski particles and, um, you know, a quick thing about, oh, you know, this happened during the dark age, the dark time of the universal century. And, and um, it, it, it's really kind of an interesting way of, of um, showing that, hey, this is part, the universal century led to where we're at. But this is completely different, and it seems like some of the issues that maybe caused the downfall of the Universal Century are still creeping around. And, of course, uh, the whole issue with Ida and then the mysterious, I guess, Laurent's sister. Because every time I see her, it's like Laurent, uh, <laughs> Laurent's sister. and um, Our ancestor. <laughs> our ancestor, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's definitely one of those situations where you don't have a bunch of things spelled out to you right away, mm-hmm. but there's enough there that kind of gets your interest. And especially if you're a Gundam fan, I mean, th- these are things that you're going to be uh, getting into, but also you can tell that with this show, it's, um, and, uh, you know, at least in this first episode, even if you weren't a big time Gundam fan or something like that, you could definitely get into it, you know? So, uh, but, but yeah, you know, just, um, an interesting way. And like I said, the, the way that Tamino starts a lot of these shows off, where um you know something's going on and it's like oh this looks like it's getting interesting oh credits so but uh back to you chris yeah i will say from the opening of the episode that it literally starts kind of rough with just the fact that right after the title screen we just are in the middle of a shot with mobile suits like right in the middle of the screen and there's not even like an establishing shot of space and maybe like zooming in towards it and sort of giving you a feel for what's going on it just jumps right in and it it's so sudden and weird that it makes you feel like you're coming back in the middle of the commercial break <laughs> rather than at the start of the episode yeah absolutely. Yeah, that's a good way of saying it yeah that's that's a really weird i don't know why he chose it that's a very strange way to open the episode when just a few seconds of you know establishing could have avoided that entirely mm-hmm. yeah so, you know, it's pretty basic as far as first episodes go in a Gundam show. Bellry is kind of a blank slate as far as protagonists go. We don't know enough about him to say one way or the other. You know, he's just sort of a happy-go-lucky kid, it seems, yeah. and smart but also easily bored, as evidenced by him uh, not wanting to play along with uh, Delinson's questions about boring Minofsky stuff. Oh, yeah, dodging that whip. <laughs> that, too. <laughs> <laughs> the man wants to hit you with a bull whip in the face, bro. That <laughs> I understand slaps, but Jesus. Well, that's that's a recurring thing in, in Gundam, as you know, of uh, main characters dodging stuff that mm-hmm. uh, disciplining adults don't want them to dodge. Oh, of course. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, what about um? Anybody notice the technology is starting to regress as well? And they explain that later. Starting, but, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, compare. I guess you know because it it does take place after Universal Century. You know that you, you you if you notice really close that you know technology is is regressing. Um, or I wouldn't. I guess it's already regressed in the series, but there's also things something society wise are regressing too. Like um, uh, I I look at this as a temporary thing, but um, I notice that a lot of the female characters in this first episode, they're kind of uh regaled to more so a support for the male characters, and I expect that to change. It's only the first episode and the first handful of episodes that we have, but uh, I know a lot of people actually complained about that when they watched the first three episodes. Uh, some people who actually got to catch the preview uh, in Japanese cinemas a couple weeks ago were were coming to me and saying, "Hey, man, uh, what's this? I'm hearing that uh women are getting a fair shake in this Gundam series," and it's like, "What from Tomino?" A man who like he's famous for his strong female characters. I don't know. I don't know if I'm hearing that right, but it's not as bad as what people are saying. It's just that you know they decided to establish a certain set of female characters in the show as quote unquote cheerleaders. But you know you see the seeds planting for them to all kind of diversify their roles in the series as uh, episodes go along. So I'm expecting uh, uh, them to kind of change up the trajectory of those characters as the show goes on, and uh, I don't think it's as bad as what people are saying. Well, there's been a lot of criticism starting from the very first episode, and I find most of it ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, there's been so much unnecessary deliberation back and forth about the world is not square. What does it mean? Does it make any sense? I don't understand it, stupid tomato. Tomato doesn't make any sense, doesn't know how to write, doesn't know how to direct, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, for God's sakes, people, do, do you not have the ability to infer things from context? Is this just too much to ask is, you know, the world is not square is not some deep philosophical statement that needs such massive dissection as I've seen it given on Mecha Talk and on plenty of other forums. If you follow the context, which is that Bellry is giving Ida a naive, simple-minded lecture about not being a pirate, she responds to him, the world is not square. Can you not infer from that that it means that the world is not flat, the world is not simple, the world is not black and white? Do you you need such massive, pointless, stupid back-and-forth discussion about one stupid line? The easiest way to understand it is the world is not square. The world's not in a box. You know, it's outside the box. That's that's the easiest way to think about it so yeah yeah i mean everybody sees it's just a, it's just a it's just a analogy metaphor whatever whatever it ends up being for what the big reveal is going to be i mean and live with it mm-hmm. and yes it is annoying that people throw around the word kuntala all the time and the show doesn't explain it exactly but number one Everybody in that world knows what it means, so there's no reason for them to explain it because everybody knows what it means. Number two, you can also infer from the context from the very first time it's used that it ain't a compliment. Yeah, yeah. And from every subsequent use in these first four episodes, it clearly is not a compliment. And uh, have you guys read into what it is that it means? No, not yet. I'm I'm waiting for the big reveal. Do you want to know? No, no, I actually don't. (laughs) It's not actually like some big plot point. Yeah. It's just background material. Well, go ahead. Go go for it. Okay, so at the end of the Universal Century, uh, when resources were exhausted, Mm -hmm. they resorted to cannibalism. So certain people were set aside and designated as food. I'm guessing probably the poors. Ooh. Yeah. And the descendants of those people are called the Kuntala. 
Oh, Jesus. So it's sort of like uh, the like the shame of being a dirty low caste. Man, yeah. so or, so you're saying that the society in this series is it's it's all caste based or class driven. No. Well, de- it's it's definitely at least in the capital territory. It's definitely sort of like a, a theocracy. Yeah. And uh, you know, if you think about it, these people didn't choose to be food. It was inflicted upon them, mm-hmm. and yeah. their descendants. It's like a mark of shame, not for something they did, but something that was forced upon them. So that's pretty dickish. If you think about it, yeah, a lot of societies do uh, have similar things, and they're they're not apologetic about it. So it's it's kind of cool that that uh, that 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 bit of society made it into this show, so that way you know we can see the horrors of it. And um, man, that's that's pretty gross at the same time. <laughs> so soiling Korean's people. Whoa, man! Either you're the butcher or you're the cattle. <laughs> so yes, there you go, people. The mystery of the Kuntala solved. So let's move beyond that. Jesus, and. I'll just say this here rather than bringing it up every episode, but it yeah. just seems that people have absolutely no patience for being left in the dark about stuff and letting a show unfurl the way that the staff intends for it to be. Yeah. And people just seem to have such a short attention span that they want everything explained from the get-go and they want massive info dumps which guess what if you do that that's really lazy writing and it also slows down your pace and it makes things boring if you have just massive info dumps from the beginning to explain your world yeah i, I look that at it's bad writing i look at it this way every episode is a piece of the puzzle and as you watch more of the episodes you get to see how that puzzle puzzle comes together and how the picture develops and that's one of there's a bit of the fun of discovering what this show is about when you sit down and watch it i don't want to be spoon-fed everything i don't mind you know waiting to find out the answers of you know to, to things like uh kuntala and and seeing what the ramifications of that was and learning more about the history of this world that you know tamino's presenting us it's it's not a bad thing to you know take it piece by piece i've watched plenty of shows where they don't give you everything at once and you know it's a rewarding experience to watch it and be able to figure things out as they go along i just see some of these complaints and i wonder like have people ever seen an actual tv show before this yeah. where, where things take time to be explained and people <laughs> yeah. just become like in the post lost world like just so like impatient that they want everything explained from the opening second and if it's not then you know this show is garbage because we live in this extremes of everything is either amazing or terrible. And that's not to say that the writing in this show is perfect. It, it could be a little bit clear on some points. Tamino is not infallible just because he's this legendary guy in the industry doesn't mean he gets a free pass. No. By the same token, I think people are just being deliberately obtuse and are just finding reasons to hate this show because they want to, especially, of course, on 4chan where they've spent years building up this fake meme into existence that Tamino has always been a terrible writer and director and this show is just further proof of that. Hey, I have a question for you guys. Since we brought up 4chan, on 4chan, do they love uh, Legend of Galactic Heroes? Yes. Okay. How could they love Legend of Galactic Heroes which doesn't give you shit? You have to sit and watch. Dude, you have to wait 40 episodes before you get... Okay, hold on. Before before you keep before you keep going on, uh-huh. you're actually putting rational thought to what people should think of. I'm just, I'm just, on, I'm, I'm just putting a counterpoint out there. I, I, I get, I get your point. Yeah, I get your point, but you don't need a very long burn. Yes, it's a long burn, but, and they will, they will. But you're, you're dealing with, you're dealing well, with people finish, that. I'll finish my irrational. sentence and I'll, I'll waste my 
my words then. All I know is you have to wait a long time before you get the a serious back history lesson about what went on in the universe before you get to the present day. And even then, they don't give you everything. And if you treasure that show, I don't see how you can approach this series with the same viewpoint. You know, you're not going to get everything at you're once. You're being rational. Now, you're being rational. That's okay. People have to be rational sometime no, in their no, life. They but, can't be lunatics for all their but, life. But you're, but you're, try, <laughs> you're trying to put rea- uh, rationality uh-huh. on people in 4chan. So, bro, <laughs> so you need just, to just let it go, you're dude. You're going to have a broadcast moment. Damn it! Yeah, just, just let it go. It's it's not even it's oh, not even worth it. You're just wasting your breath. I'm mind fits, man. I'm sorry. Just, <laughs> no, it's just it's just not worth it. I mean, you're trying to put a rational take and like uh-huh. logic and critical thinking to people that are on 4chan. All right, I'll stand down. That that doesn't exist there. I'll stand down. I'm sorry. 4chan aside, mm-hmm. you know, another show that doesn't explain a lot of stuff until way later on is Turn A Gundam. Yes, thank yeah. you. You look at the first episode. It doesn't really give you any background at all about who the moon race are. It doesn't really tell you why the Earth is all backwards. Kind of like this. They throw you, they throw you right in. <laughs> I mean, hell, there's a two-year time skip Ooh. during the commercial break. Exactly. Yeah. You wonder, and by the end of the episode, you still haven't even seen the turn A yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're wondering why Laurent is working as Benson. <laughs> And digging in the mine for the first two episodes, man. It's, you know, they, they make you work for it. And I guess people are forgotten. I guess they've yeah. just forgotten. And one common complaint I see from people is that they've had no problem following Gundam shows in the past. And I think the issue with that is that this is a currently airing show that, A, you can't binge watch. Yeah. yeah. And B, you know, people who are watching now shows like Double Zeta or Turn A or X or whatever, mm-hmm. over the years, even if they've watched they're just watching them now mm-hmm. or whatever point they watch them they probably read a lot about them beforehand either on mechatalk on mhq some other website or forum and wikipedia yeah whatever yeah they probably have had lots of things planted in their head from that yeah. contact before even watching the show yeah even had friends tell them about the show and tell them that you should be watching this because this this and this happens yeah so before they've even actually watched the show they've already had their heads filled with lots of information pollution beforehand that fills in the gaps or explains things but when a show is currently airing and you're watching it week to week you don't have the benefit of that so it seems like the show is lacking in that respect when in reality, you're just watching it unpolluted and unfiltered. Yeah. You're having to think for yourself, which I guess is a terrible thing. <laughs> and also the fact that you can't binge watch it. You have to wait week to week. And I feel, you know, that now that this is, I guess, the sixth Gundam show that I reviewed as it airs, I, I look back and I think people just are initially a lot harder on these shows while they're airing and demanding all these answers and explanations mm-hmm. you know yeah. compared to past shows well but you've already had all of these explanations from the benefits of years and decades of people talking about these other shows mm-hmm. so it's a very unfair standard to compare a show three episodes in to a show that's 20 years old that you've read about for who knows how many years exactly yeah New territory. That's where we find ourselves, man. For, uh, enjoy the ride is all I say. So before we move on to episode two, let's do some ratings. Solbro. I would have to give this one uh, three. Uh, what did they call it? Uh, three. Uh, what's the name of that horror in this series? It's uh, Harobi. Harobi. Three Harobis out of five. Okay. Neil. Oh, uh, three squirrel girls out of five. Flying squirrel girls. <laughs> 
I will give this one three and a half. The world is not squares out of five. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. So we will move on to episode two, G-Self Startup. So this episode introduces us to uh, some new characters, including Colonel Kumpa Rusita Mm -hmm. of the Capitol Guards Research Division, and as well as Bellary's mom, Wilmot, who is the director of the Operations Division. And we also meet the uh, the leader of the SU Cordis, which is the religion built around the Capitol Tower, because we're now back on Earth. Mm-hmm. So uh, this girl, Radaya, she is suffering from oxygen deprivation and uh, just randomly screams G whenever she sees the G self. Right. So Bellry is uh, obviously curious about uh, the prisoner who is being held captive. And when he wants to go see her with his friend Noredo, there's an attack by the space pirates on the uh, capital territory because they demand the release of Ida and the return of the G self. So a bunch of craziness ensues, including uh, Bellry stupidly running headfirst into a wall <laughs> at the end of a flight of stairs. Jesus. Well, what was that wall doing there on the flight of stairs? <laughs> I don't know. And jumping into the G self and using it in combat, at which point he uh, kills Cahill, who is the leader of this. Uh, pirate unit and earns him the uh, the ire of Ida who clearly had the hots for Cahill. Oh boy. <laughs> so, Neo, your thoughts on episode 2. Well, somebody got the reverse Bernie because oh. there was n- there was nothing left in that cockpit. It's all burnt up. As they said, so. all fried inside. <laughs> yep. Yeah, all, all. Like fried like a burger? No. <laughs> no, not like a burger. Just this this is gone. Um crispy Cahill yep. curly fries. <laughs> Cahill strips. Cahill trend tenders. <laughs> but um yeah, definitely uh, you know, the the mystery and, and, and it's you know, of what's going on, of course, um the battle for you know, you'd have a, a, a the space pirates attacking out of nowhere, you know, to get their person you know, get Ida back and get the G cell back and you get to see kind of um you know, uh, how the capital uh, forces respond and their kind of crazy mobile suits that they have. One looks like, um, what's the one with the TV face? It reminds me of, uh, what's his face from Fully Cooley, the robot in that. Oh shoot. That's right. I, I, can't, I can't remember his name, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I sit there and I was looking at that. I was like, Oh my gosh, that's, that's kind of crazy. But, um, yeah, definitely the emotional thing. And, and it's, with uh, Cahill getting killed right away, I mean, we've seen this before in a lot of, you know, a lot of shows, and not just like Tamino Gundams and stuff like that, but, you know, um, Ida's going all crazy because this guy got killed, and pretty quickly, too. I mean, because usually it seems like this uh, happens a little bit further along, not, not, not too far advanced, but a little bit further along than, um, you know, uh, 
than normal. And uh, definitely uh, Belry's kind of, uh, I think he gets his first glimpse of like, hey, this is uh, when, when you're fighting in these mobile suits, it's definitely, um, you know, it's kill or be killed in, in a lot of these ways. And uh, then, of course, we get the, you know, like you said, we get to see his mom. Big surprise. His mom's a, uh, a higher, higher up in the uh, Capitol Guard. So, geez. And they don't no. seem to have the warmest of relationships. No, no, they don't. <laughs> Yeah, kind of, uh, kind of a Camille, Mrs. B. Don uh, vibe a little bit. Not as cold, but just kind of they just kind of irritate each other. It seems like you know it's because yeah, it's 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 definitely um, you know interesting there. And then of course, um, you gotta love that everything conforms to international standards. You gotta love that. <laughs> <laughs> and well, hey, it's uh, like you know nobody likes when you travel to Europe and you got to use adapters for all your gadgets. You Pretty know, much. Same, same thing with mobile suits. Yeah, compatibility, man. No, 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 no opposing brands, man. Anaheim Electronics, they, you know, they, 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 they set things right. And I, and I had, <laughs> and I, just in the wind. And, I, and, and I had a flashback because in this, in this episode, they don't close the damn cockpit. Oh. And so it's almost like uh, double Zade all over again. That is a pet peeve, dude. That bothered me so damn much. Well, they got I, I 15 people in the oh, they, oh, the it. Oh, the cockpit it. Yeah, that's that's definitely a Taminoism there. <laughs> that drives me insane. I was just watching this like, close the goddamn cockpit, please. <laughs> Homeboy's falling out. <laughs> well, they got like 15 people in the damn thing. Oh, it's like, jeez. Man. But um, yeah, so... You know, probably the biggest thing is, is of course, uh, Bellry getting his first kill and they getting bitched out by the uh, by a space pirate. So <laughs> that's always the funniest. Like, wait a second, you you attacked us. We we rested you. I was able to use your mobile suit, the G self. Your friends come and, and and try to rescue you. I end up protecting it and I end up killing uh, this guy. And you're you're mad at me. It's like, huh? What is going on here? But all you guys, all I was thinking at the end of this. Mm-hmm. The world is not square. Oh man, it's still burning in your brain. <laughs> yeah, it's still there. So oh, back to you, Chris. Sobro. Um, yeah, uh, I agree with a lot of things that uh, Neil talked about. Uh, it was cool to finally meet uh because uh, you hear about her in the first episode to finally meet Wilmot uh, and um, you know see that uh, there's a woman that's you know in charge. I assume that um, his parent that they were talking about the, were the white knights being... pacified with that. Oh, all uh... the... <laughs> we need more representation was, of females. I was, I was actually assuming that his the him being the son of the director of operations, the director was a dude. But to find out it's a woman, it's like, yo, that's so cool. That's really, that's really dope. And um, the one thing I noticed about her, and this is probably nothing because it's so anime. So, un, so unheard of that you would have a woman in a in a high ranking position. I, <laughs> we've never seen that before. Who knew? Um, the thing I noticed about her is that she and her son look nothing alike. And that could be just an anime thing or a design thing. Oh, speculations. Yeah, they look nothing alike. So that's got me thinking. It's a coordinator. It, it, she could, because every child has to look exactly like their parents. No, yeah. not, not exactly. Just somewhat. But they look radically different. So I don't know exactly. Uh, you know, it, it's probably just a design thing, really. And I'm overthinking things. But I just wanted to throw that yeah, out I'd there. That's it. You're overthinking. Yeah, I just wanted to throw no, it you out there. You know what there. it is? Uh-huh. She, she took in uh, this, this young sprightling uh-huh. who has a destiny before him of royalty and she's just training him for the day when the, <laughs> the, the day that comes that he will draw the sword and embrace that destiny there you go she's you, just his caretaker you, isn't, isn't that what you're really you, i know that's what you want to say isn't you that what figured you me say? out bro 
What does have me questioning, though, is the whole Irish signs being detected on both uh, Ida and Bellary. Um, the fact that he's got that and there's no explanation as to why makes me wonder there about his Cylons. actual past. Oh, shit. We, yeah, I never we, even we thought of that. We figured that out what? in the Battlestar Galactica when no. you get the red eyes or a Cylon. I should have known. <laughs> Someone called the Admiral. This has happened before. It'll happen again. <laughs> This time on Gundam. But uh, I thought that was a nice little uh, little hint as to uh, what's going on with him. I'm sure that drove everybody who wants total, uh, total, 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 uh, the whole information drop. That probably bothers them that they're dropping these little hints here and there. So it makes me smile when things like that happen. Um, I will say that one character got on my absolute nerves, and it was uh, Noreto Nug, whatever her name is, the uh, overly aggressive Frau Bro. She's, she's a little ridiculous. I mean, granted, she's there for whimsy and... And and she's kind of more like a fa with th- her level yeah. of annoyance than than a frau. You're right. You're right. Yeah, frau, frau was real cool. She's more. Frau was fa- useful. She fed the kids, and you know she was a nurse. I mean, she yeah. did things. Fa was just Camille. Yeah, frau, frau made sense, and she actually was, she was harassing Armor about some comments and things like take a bath and eat. <laughs> so don't be a slob. Don't be a slob. Be cool. And uh, you know she was cool, but yeah, she's more on the fa level. Um, actually worse than Fa. She is like hugging on this dude's arm and, you know, she's all about Bell Ring. shots on people's butts. Yeah, exactly. She's trying to kill the woman as she's trying to hang on to dear life on that damn bed. And it's like, dude, what is wrong with you? Don't you think? But, uh, you know, I know she's there for whimsy and fun and I'm sure her character will. woman. Yeah, she'll, she'll grow on me. I mean, granted, I, I do see a little bit of an attraction and this is probably in my mind between, uh, uh with Bell Ring, a fascination with Ida. Uh, but he wants to know more about her. I don't think he's in love. It's just, you know, there's a part of her that entices the him. The main Gundam character infatuated I, with a mysterious woman from the other side. Oh, man. How dare, this, is, this is uncharted territory, so, bro. Who knew? Um, and, and the childhood friend is angry and annoyed. <laughs> yeah, what, what is... I, I don't... These are, these are strange new things you speak of, so, bro. <laughs> I know. I, I'm scared. It's all, it's all, it's all, new, it's all new concepts, right? I don't want to hear anymore. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I find that dynamic cool. Um, uh, why do they ride around on robot ostriches, though? That that shit killed me. It's like this this can't be a comfortable ride. Like the the shocks of that, it must be ridiculous. But uh, they're they're neat looking, and I like how they they walk and how they're animated. So well, Tamino's uh, done those before. He's had those in. He had them in Dunbine. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. Holy shit. Well, that, that's a nice, that's a nice throwback right there. That's pretty cool then. Uh, if anything, I stand down on that. But, uh, lastly, the death of Cahill. I didn't expect him to die. I thought he would be around for a while and to see that, uh, you know, Bellry, you know, instinctively. Well, in a sense, he is. Yeah. <laughs> he, He's he, everywhere. Uh, po- yeah. That's <laughs> He's in the atmosphere at this point. He'll be, I'm sure he'll be around a lot posthumously as future episodes show us, but, uh, he, um, he died. New type ghosts? Are you, are you predicting new type ghosts? Oh my God. It, what was most interesting? I, uh, avenge me. <laughs> what what was, is this? It's a floating chicken tender. Avenge. <laughs> Extra crispy, son. <laughs> the Colonel's recipe. Avenge but, me. I am delicious. But. <laughs> Avenge me in five different sauces, dipping sauces. Ugh. Oh my god! But yeah, to see him be taken out by uh, Bellry's instinct—that's like that's the most important moment of that scene to me. Mm. Is when Your things go red. I, I'm just gonna say he was instinctively killed by Bellry. He didn't even realize he killed the man. He said, "No, I didn't. I didn't kill him." When she confronted him about it, you know, and she had the nerve to flip out because this dude didn't even approach the situation with common sense. He was steadily beaten under Gundam. Didn't realize that Ida was, you know in the cockpit with the guy and you know damn near killed her along with uh you know 
Bill Belry. So Belry really had no other choice but to do what he did. So, you know, I kind of side with him in this situation, whether no matter how pissed off she might be, you know, she's got to you know be able to make sense of this. But, you know, she decided to flip out because of the shock of the moment. And I thought it was a... <laughs> I thought it was a really good exclamation mark to end the episode on. I thought it was nice. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's kind of an exclamation mark. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> but uh, a pretty dope episode. But, Chris, back to you. I'm surprised neither of you mentioned the UC Museum. Oh, oh yeah. shit. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was going to be one of my ratings, but that's okay. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah, it so, was what, uh, we G- see uh, Cahill when he's searching for the G self. He busts through a hangar that's full of rows of old UC Mobile suits like the ever reliable. Zaku 2 and yeah, Gun yeah. Cannon and uh, Rick Diaz and a bunch yes. of other stuff. So <laughs> apparently uh, Rick Hongista can play the spot that mobile suit game too, just like Build Fighters does. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta name them all. Too much fan yeah. service, guys. <laughs> So, yes, Cahill is introduced in this episode and dies, although technically he was in episode one. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, his death doesn't really mean much because he only had a few lines. So, you know, yeah. the impact on Ida is like, OK, so you had the hots for this guy and he died. And so what? Oh, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know, that didn't really mean much to me. Are you saying tough uh, shit? <laughs> now, what did interest me more. For people again who complain about uh, you know the show not explaining anything, who I would say lack imagination, especially this episode when we get our first glimpse of the situation on the ground, where we see the technology has regressed, not that it is regressing. So yeah, bro, I'm sorry, I'm that so already well, has, has regressed, has, has regressed yeah. quite a bit. I'm just saying in comparison to UC, but my we, my, my, my bad. <laughs> we hear more mention about how humanity was nearly wiped out by the end of the UC, and we see at least in the capital territory, this theocracy that's in charge. And if you think about it compared to history, it basically seems like it's a space age version of the Middle Ages. Yeah. If you compare, you know, say the Federation and everything to the Roman Empire and the class of the Roman Empire and all of the chaos that followed for centuries and nearly a thousand years of backwards regression technologically, culturally, educationally, politically until the Renaissance and obviously the Catholic Church having tons of power over Europe, that's pretty much the situation here, but mm-hmm. on a global and you know even interstellar scale. Yeah. And also reminiscent, I'm sure inspired by the same thing, of um, Isaac Asimov's Foundation series, where you have the fall of this galactic empire and everything just regressing for centuries. Yo, Chris, yeah. in, in that book, did they tell you everything at once? <laughs> You know, they did not. They did oh. not explain every single thing on page one, so it's terrible. Damn you, Isaac Asimov, you're, you're a hack. <laughs> I curse you from your grave, you award-winning hack, Ooh. grandmaster of science fiction. Terrible writer. <laughs> How dare you not explain everything in the opening dedication. <laughs> oh, shit. So, yes, if you have some imagination and you think a little bit, you can see what it is that's going on in this world and what it is that Tamino is aiming for. But I guess that's asking a little bit too much to have people draw on their own knowledge and, and think about a setting rather than just have some boring narrator literally explain everything to you and hold your hand. Mm-hmm. They want that Robotech narrator back. That's what <clears> they <throat> want, man. Come on. Let's give them some work. <laughs> 
Yeah, but you know what, though? You are right, Chris. It's like you do kind of see as they start battling outside, you know, in the surrounding areas of the capital and stuff. You're just like, it's so much darker and, and it's just like, you, you know, things. And, you know, and like you said, outside of just uh, the technologies, um, much as regressed so much, but you just look at it and it's like, this is just, you're really, I, this is where I started getting, and of course in subsequent episodes, we're going to see more. God, you get that thing. It's like, really, what is, what is the mystery and what the hell happened at the end of the universal century to make it like this? And how bad is it in, in these other places too? So this is the one that it really caught my, uh, I, I got the interest of like, I was w- wanting to delve into the world more. So yeah. you have to wonder how bad is it that that all of the colonies are gone except for one that was built out of colony wreckage. How bad is it that uh, people were eating each other? Yeah, I know. I mean, mm-hmm. that's and, – and not only that, but like uh, systematic cannibalism. Like you, you are selected like – sorry, you're for your food. You <laughs> Which uh, kind of reminds me uh, back to uh, Star Trek, the original series. You guys remember an episode called The Conscience of the King? Yes, I do. Uh, describe Where, because uh, I don't I don't remember the name I don't do what, the names wasn't that the one with the uh, the Shakespearean troop yes the Shakespearean oh. troop oh right. okay. the one that's actually Kodos the executioner oh my god that's such a good app. the one he was the guy that killed uh, Kirk's, killed half the colony residents because of a food shortage yeah yeah and what and Kirk's brother was involved in it or something got killed no, Kirk or was there yeah Kirk was there that's right okay. Mm-hmm. His yeah, friend, well, right. some of his friends got killed, but yeah. Yes, I, I definitely had some reminiscence of that idea of, you know, systematic execution and in this case, eating of people mm-hmm. rather yeah, than just crazy. like rabid random stuff. So, yes, there still are some some rough spots in the episode. Uh, Noredo is supremely annoying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and instantly joins the ranks of Fa among annoying female Gundam characters. But there is, you know, the mystery behind Ida, which makes her marginally more interesting, even though uh, she also gets kind of annoying with all of her anger at Bellary. Like, well, what, ex- what did you expect the guy to do? Exactly. You expect him to just not defend himself? And I'm also interested in the, the rumblings they make talking about um, Ameria, which we know very well from turn A. Yes. Yeah. So I think that's not any coincidence at all that Tamino is, again, using that future name. Oh, yeah. So let's do some ratings. Neo. Oh, I, three and a half uh, uh, Cahill uh, tenders out of five. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Solbro? I really like this episode a lot, man. I'm going to have to give it uh, four Ameria F yes. <laughs> out of five. I'm going to give this one three and a half Kuntalas out of five. Oh, Jesus. Finger licking good. Oh, <laughs> Can't I cannot wait for that episode. I can't I figured that the people I cannot can't. wait for that dark it'll be the equivalent of the dark history episode in freaking oh. uh in a uh, uh turn A. It's just gonna you're just gonna be sitting there going, Oh my god. Yeah, you know, it's like if they even called me that, it's like, are you proud of being a people eater? <laughs> is is that what you're trying to tell me? That you were proud of uh you know your 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 lineage eating hey, man. people, bro? Come on. But but well but the, gotta... the response to that is better to be the eater than the eaten. Oh, well, you, I mean, you, you have to remember, mm-hmm. this is one of these situations of if it ever got to that point, you do, you know, this This is all the, uh, what is it, sociology and uh, psychology, um, you know, all these uh, experiments that they do to see where, what people actually do when they know, when it's shown that it's okay to do. Yeah. You know, when it's generally accepted, like, you can do this, people will 
you know, that's the thing. I mean, you can never say that you wouldn't never do this if the situation came up like this. Yeah, that's true. So, Jeez. yeah. Well, so. I just have to sit my ass down. I, I'd do it. I don't know. I'd have no problem. Oh, I'd, mm. I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather eat dirt. Yeah. <laughs> pass, pass the sriracha. Oh. Sobro is mm. extra tender tonight. Yuck. <laughs> Mm. Sriracha makes everything better, including I'll people. <laughs> I'll enjoy my grass, thank you. <laughs> yeah, enjoy That's your fine. North Korean grass. <laughs> yeah. So good. So good. Pass me the salad dressing. Oh, I gotta gotta get you guys uh <laughs> you gotta get the eating the the, the, the <sighs> food fatten up, just like cattle. Eat oh, the grass, guys. If that's a robot apocalypse we gotta look forward to, that's uh, shoot me now. <laughs> no, I, that's not the robot apocalypse, that's the people apocalypse. Oh jeez. So, but next episode, Chris. Mm -hmm. So episode three, the pressure of Montero. So we do get some explanations in this episode, starting to have a picture get more clearly formed with uh, Kumpa talking to Ida and basically uh, calling her out by saying, we know that you're actually connected to the American army and are an independently recognized unit of theirs. And the whole space pirate stuff is just a big old uh, ruse. Mm-hmm. big old cover and at the same time we are introduced to more of these quote unquote space pirates and their battleship the Megafauna and a very uh, flashy fabulous crazy oh, yeah. kooky ace pilot named Klim Nick mm-hmm. yeah, he's, he's very fabulous Hell yes. who takes off uh, on his own in his custom mobile suit the Montero to go rescue Ida and get back the G-Self. Mm-hmm. So find out some more about the world a little bit, some more annoyances from uh, Naredo about Belry's fascination with Ida, and then Klim shows up and demands that she be released or he'll destroy the tower. So he makes his attack run, the capital army forces are responding, and Belry and all of these girls are running around, and the four of them somehow crazily Tamino-y King Gainery all end up in the G-Self's <laughs> cockpit yeah. with Ida piloting it. And when Klim gets some pressure, Koro Puresha, from Delinson, who shows his skills, uh, he falls back and Ida takes the uh, G-Self with him and they head back to the pirate's ship. Sobro, your thoughts on this episode? I thought it was a fast-paced ep. We don't have a lot to say about it, except for the uh, the insanity of them flying around and trying to uh, escape uh, with the cockpit open and four people in the cockpit. That was insane. Um, I will say that this... You know, is, loves those open cockpits. Oh my god. Is that, that, that stuff. And it's definitely my pet peeve about any Gundam series with the open cockpit, man. That's how people die, man. I still have flashbacks to Emma, man. Come on now. <laughs> Yeah, but that's, well, she, that's what, that wasn't she got because out. she was hey. fighting hey. with an open cockpit. Hey. She stupidly got out. You don't open the cockpit, period. That's that's my point. <laughs> yeah, but yeah but she, 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 she did get out. She got out, though. Yeah, yeah. she's... Yeah, that is true. I will We're say not talking about your girl. Oh boy, <laughs> I will say that this episode is the introduction of my favorite character in the series so far. I love me some Clem Nick, man. This guy is on the right shit. He's ridiculous, but he knows his limits and respects his, his enemy. Own jazzy theme. Oh yes, man. This guy, yeah, is, this guy's <laughs> the best. He reminds me a little bit of Patrick uh, with his flamboyancy, but he's actually he's actually he someone. He's got skills and abilities, and he's got the balls to go into a situation where he's outmanned, and he can still 
he'll handle himself. You know, he'll get he'll take damage, but he'll make it through. And you know, he, he's got pride, but at the same time, he can he can he can point out his own shortcomings. So I dig and his he's character. He's the son of the American president. Yeah, exactly, dude, man. He's freaking. He, he's 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 already got the silver spoon not in even, his mouth. You're not even talking about the best thing about the Montero. Oh, well, let me let me finish. I, the I'm, not, I'm not even done, man. Mobile suit bidet, bro. <laughs> No, that's not a bidet. That was a toilet. Hey, man, there might have been some bidet options in there. We didn't get to see it, well, but uh, I'm just saying, if it's if it's in his mobile suit, he's rocking that, and uh, that was awesome. I always wondered what happens when you're on a mission and you can't get out the mobile suit. What do you do? If you're wearing a normal suit, is like a like like any old astronaut's uh, space suit. You know, they got compartments for that, but it looks like they put some sensible additions in there. And he's got a toilet bowl in his mobile suit. I guess they all do because at the end of the episode, there's that moment where uh, uh, <laughs> Bill Ree also... <laughs> In front of everybody. In front of everybody. Jacket covering himself up. <laughs> the look on his face is the best. <laughs> if that upset people, I'm sorry. I want to upset I, people because oh. people have been talking about the toilets nonstop. Oh, that's amazing. Since they were first revealed. And then once it actually happened in episode three and then again in four, talking about the toilets nonstop as though shitting is the major plot point of this entire series and nothing else is going on other than people shitting in toilets. The show is candid and I appreciate that for the show. It's like they, they're they not afraid to show you awkward moments like that. It's almost like a little slice of life in the series. They don't have to show you that, but they do a little bit for the humor, but also for the, the sense of of having something like that in the mobile suit man it was it was cool and it it, it humbled um clem nick to me as well he's just a dude who you know is good at what he does but he's also a regular dude and i, I dig his character immensely for that man uh, fa- uh fun episode man i enjoyed it back to you neil well shoot you forgot probably one of the biggest plot reveals is the fact that energy is being uh, regulated by was it the the su what were they called the su, SU Cath- cordists yeah cordists yeah mm-hmm. So, and we're seeing that that's possibly a basis of some of this uh, shenanigans going around with Amaria and the Capitol Guard and all these things. So Absolutely. that that was definitely, um, you know, kind of a subtle thing, but not so subtle because you're just, you're, it's, it was kind of brought up a few more times. And Yeah, the fact that they know, can't even set up, uh, uh, um, sorry, um, solar batteries. Solar, 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 solar batteries, batteries or solar panels or any of that man it just shows that people yeah, are capital impressed. the capital guard or the yeah the capital has a law against that yeah. so yeah it's all strictly controlled and i what was it uh, i think ida mentions that amaria amaria's uh, power is going to be cut possibly because of these attacks or something like that at the yeah. end of the episode oh, so mentioned that Wilman, the uh, I'm sorry. would be cut oh, in response to Amaria's yep. actions you know that punishment. yeah yeah <laughs> so i mean that was definitely you know something and you know kind of it, it kind of ties in with stuff with um you know uh double o you know with the energy production there and and some of the things and we can see that that's kind of a plot point uh, for a future world, you know, energy's a, it's even a big thing in our, in our society today of, you know, how are we going to get it and who controls it and things like that. Mm-hmm. But the other big thing was crazy face snake and crazy animal faces oh when the, when God. the mobile suits are going through the day. I mean, that's reminiscent of what Zeta, I think, and uh, mobile suit Gundam, mobile suit Gundam had it. And a lot of the Tamino Gundams had it. I'm so sure G like, Gundam did too. <laughs> I was sitting there watching it, and I was like, oh, my God, Crazy Face Snake, where have you been? He survived. He survived Universal Century. Don't forget about Crazy Leopard. <laughs> yeah, Crazy Leopard. Crazy, yeah, Crazy Leopard. Poor Leopard just waking up from a nap, and then boom. Yeah. The then someone drops him on a snake. <laughs> but, um, 
yeah, I I do have to uh, go with Solbro on this. It's nice to see a guy like Klim, who's definitely talented and is a hot shot. And, you know, you can see he, he hasn't been tested too much mm-hmm. in his previous sorties. But, you know, he's not he, – he understands. He's, he's a little surprised. Wow, I, I finally got challenged. But he's not all crazy about it. And you can see that he's kind of maybe internalizing and figuring out, hey, I, I need to bring – I need to step up my game the next time I go out there because, you know, not all these capital guys, they're not all chumps. Mm-hmm. So that, that's kind of nice to see because when you first see him go up, you're like – Oh boy, long-haired dandy! Here we go, long-haired entitled dandy uh, uh, ace pilot douchebag. Yeah, I was, like, oh. I was thinking Makuve at first, but then he he, he warmed up to me real mm-hmm. quick. <laughs> but uh, well, I, I was thinking even worse. Uh, what's his face? Uh, the land, the from oh. Escafla. <laughs> Every time I see a long-haired crazy, I'm like, oh no. Long-haired dandy. Oh, and, it, and it would have been worse if he had the uh, dandy brigade with him, but uh, thank God he didn't. Glad so. it took a left turn. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, um, better episode. I mean, as we go from one, two, and three, just keeps getting better. So, um, you know, but lot, lots of lots of good stuff. And, you know, unfortunately, I think I'm going to have to sit every week and watch this to figure out what's going to happen at the end. I hate to say that, but I think that's what I'm seeing here. Don't get out of town. That's too much work. That... <laughs> Back to you, Chris. Well, I think it's safe to say that Klim steals the entire episode, every scene that Mm. he's in. Mm -hmm. And yeah, definitely at first you think, well, here's Uh some guy who just believes his own hype too much and is all talk and no action like Patrick or Jared. But the dude shows that he's got serious skills. But then when Delinson performs better than the average grunt, he's humble enough to acknowledge that the enemies have some skilled pilots. Yeah. So he's not just completely self-absorbed, even though he is pretty damn self-absorbed. Mm-hmm. And even though uh, Matero, the Montero gets uh, um, damaged a little bit, he's not all goofy. You know, like all these guys, oh, how dare he? You know, he killed me. He got a scratch on my mobile suit. Blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, okay, you know, I did what I had to do. <laughs> yeah. These, these guys have skills, so we've got to step it up. Mm-hmm. And also the revelation by Kumpa that these space pirates are actually just – a disguised yeah. independent unit of the Amerian army. 13, 13th autonomous unit, I think, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which would make sense because if we find out now that the Capitol Tower strictly controls the distribution of photon batteries around the world, if Ameria was acting openly against them, then they would cut them off from their fuel, their energy supply, which would be a bad thing. So they have an independent unit sort of go out on their own and pretend to be space pirates. Yeah. Are you saying possibly proxy war being set up here, Chris? Yes. Is that what you're thinking? Wow. Yes. <laughs> All these Cold Proxy War wars illusions. Over energy. Yeah, my gosh. I wonder where that's happened before. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mm. know. Maybe if I know a little bit about history, I would know where that happens, but no, I, I just expect the show to explain everything to me. <laughs> <laughs> and then another thing in terms of the reaction to this episode, people were saying how completely ridiculous it was that G Self was stolen so easily and blah blah blah. But again, this is something that you just have to think about rather than just rage as you're watching and looking for things to complain about. Mm-hmm. 
because Kumpa sees it being stolen in front of him and only casually reports it mm-hmm. with um, yeah. like the lowest sense of alarm possible. Why would he possibly want to do that, knowing what he does, that these space pirates are actually the Amerian army? Oh, probably because he wants to follow them back to their base, which yeah. is what we get into next episode. Yeah. So people, think about these things before you have to start raging and complaining. Mm-hmm. If you actually think about what the show tells you and what the show explains and what the show is implying very obviously, then you have your answers and don't have to complain about things not being answered. guess I never read The Art of War. So, Sobro, you're rating for this episode. This episode, I would give it a four mobile suit flushes out of five. Neil? Oh, three and a half crazy snake and crazy uh, sleeping leopards out of five. <laughs> That was like the highlight of it. I was like, oh, that's a pretty good episode. And I'm like, oh, crazy face snake. Where have you been? It's been like 30 years. Where have you been? Oh, crazy, crazy leopard. You got woken up. Sorry to see that. Oh, the sweetest of reunions. (laughs) Oh, Tamino. It's hard to be mad at you there, buddy. I'm going to give this one three and a half pirouetting space pirate girls out of five. Oh, there you go. Those eye catches are the best, man. All these... uh all these ballet moments. Well, I was specifically referring to what she was actually doing in the episode, not in the eye catch. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But I wanted to bring that up in the, when we talked about the first step of those eye catches are awesome. Uh, just to see that. Tomino always has this flair for the openings and intros. Um, at least in the, in the out, so the, the outros, uh, they have everybody dancing together like a chorus line. And it's like, are you, st- <laughs> that's King Gainer all over again. It is. It's like, Tomino just does not care. <laughs> Everyone must dance. Everybody must dance. Which brings us to the last episode of this roundup, number four, Wild Dance of the Catsith. Oh, get out of here. So we open with the G-Self landing on the megafauna and Belri, Noredo, and Radaya taken captive. Mm-hmm. And Belri's being interrogated by the captain of the megafauna, Danielle Toss. But uh, they're having two completely different conversations because Bellry is just ignoring all of his questions and instead just asking his own and making very insightful comments, uh, figuring out exactly what it is they're doing, <laughs> which I thought was pretty amusing. It's pretty nice. And no, not at all evidence of him being some stupid autist. Yeah. Like a certain place is claiming. Ooh. So back at the Capitol Tower, we have the official unveiling of the Capitol Army that was formed in secret prior to immediately prior to the start of episode one. And Delinson is put in charge of a squad to go attack the pirates and rescue the hostages. And back on the ship, Ida is still angry about uh, Cahill, blah, blah, blah. We get some flashbacks with Cahill that show immediately what happened during episode one after Radaya parachuted out of the G-Self with the pirates capturing it and bringing it down and noticing that uh, it's quite similar to the suit they already have, the G-Arcane, mm-hmm. which, as it turns out, both suits uh, seemingly are based off these blueprints called the Rose of Hermes that came from the space colony Toasanga, which we haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a nugget of information and we also learn that Ameria and Gondwan which is Europe are at war over resources mm-hmm. which explains more background of the political situation and Klim being the uh, 
fancy conceited man that he is, wants to see Belry use the G self since he himself could not use it. So Belry is doing a test, and at the same time, Dellen sends forces attack, so he's caught in the middle. Mm-hmm. We have another duel between Klim and and Delinson, which uh, ends indecisively, but Delinson uh, scores some hits and uh, gets very hot-blooded with his chesuto! Oh, boy! <laughs> which makes me wonder, like, I think this guy belongs in a Super Robot series. Yeah, he He's does. in the wrong type of show. Yeah. <laughs> he, would, he would fit in just fine on Super Robot Wars or pretty much any other Super Robot show. He'd be very welcomed. He's waiting well, wait. for his chance. <laughs> wait, 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 wait for wait for next year when that the new update comes up with Super Robot Wars with the, <laughs> with these characters. Yeah. So Belry does some magical glowy thing with the G self and uses a beam saber to defend himself and the Capital Army people retreat. Mm-hmm. So Neo, your thoughts. Wow, this was uh, pretty interesting. I mean, of course, we get the uh, got like that deja vu of um, what Star Wars, the prequels. Oh, army! Wait, uh, <laughs> where, where did this happen? You know about this army? No, I don't know about this, but I, I guess we got one. So, hey, might as well use it. What, yeah. <laughs> so that that further uh, puts puts more uh, more paths of, of of story there. Seeing mm, maybe there's more going on in this world than. It's uh, just on the surface, but um, yeah, definitely, um, definitely some interesting stuff there with that. Uh, yeah, the whole thing between Belry and Clem, you know, Clem basically going into that typical kind of ace pilot uh, antagonist way of like, oh, um, I can't do this, but you can do this. I want to see how badass you are because uh, I don't, I, I don't believe you're better than me, even though you can, you're able to start up the uh, the G self, and I can't. So that was that was pretty interesting. And, and don't um, close the cockpit. <laughs> yeah, keep it open. Keep it open. Um, need the need the air to flow. Definitely mm-hmm. down that. And of course, on cue, Delison's forces um, uh, go in there and, uh, and attack. And that was an interesting fight because we get to see. You know, yeah, maybe they're the capital army, but they still got they're still kind of noobs. And uh, the whole thing with uh, Delinson at the end, you know, the the thing of being the the commander, the squadron commander of you know that first real test of losing a lot of your guys, where that poor guy just falls into the ocean, <laughs> He's just sitting there going. <laughs> I mean, and but that's one of those things that you're going to see. I mean, when they when they call a retreat, these guys are going back, and some of the guys just don't make it back after something like that. Yeah, um, that's uh, that's that's interesting. Well, for all the regressed uh, technology, Minoski particles everywhere, just everywhere. I mean that that was that was uh, nice to see, and and <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're picking up Minoski particles. It means somebody's attacking. <laughs> it's also nice to see them bringing back the the touch that was inconsistently used in Universal Century of having the uh, direct mobile suit to mobile suit, skin to skin contact oh, yeah. to communicate. Yeah, yeah. that was that was nice. Mm-hmm. Nice to see. And then the other big reveal in this is the taboo on technological advancement. And uh, what is it? This whole thing that the capital's controlling the power supply to keep that taboo in force, which is really making you go, oh, wow, okay. Uh, end of universal century. All the space colonies are destroyed. Uh, people are eating each other. It's getting really bad. Now there's a taboo on technological advancement. What the hell happened? <laughs> so, it, it, 
once again, definitely um, making me go, wow, this is uh, just, you know, another piece. I'm going to have to watch next week's episode. I'm just going to have to do it to figure out what's going on here. So, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, back to you, Chris. So, yeah, that, that to me was one of the most interesting points. And if you think about what they've said about how the world was in the universal century and how things are now and this taboo on technological advancement, you know, it's clear that what they're saying is – and Bellary pretty much said it before in, I think, the second episode, that this is all in place to prevent the tragedies of the universal century from repeating because that technology got so advanced that people did all this crazy stuff. But if Gundam has proven anything in all of the universes and all the series, it's not that technology is the problem. It's people, people. Yeah, are the problem. Yeah, that's right. That because we saw this in Age where they had the same concept of with the Silver Chalice Treaty that we're going to lock up all of this information of mobile suits and everything to uh, you know keep the peace and and to turn away from war. But even then, they cynically kept a bunch of it locked up in the Exa DB. And despite that information being locked up, we still had the conflict with the Vegans anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then in this case, uh, we find out through the comments of uh, people on both sides that all of the sides are violating the taboo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So oh, the taboo absolutely. is essentially pointless. And despite the taboo, conflict has still happened. Yeah. And yeah. because of resource problems, America and Gondwan are at war, which how does that help anybody? <laughs> Not at all. That was very little. <laughs> That's why. So, so, so maybe they can go to having cordless phones again. <laughs> so it makes me think again of this parallel to the Middle Ages where you have the Catholic Church being a big power broker in Western Europe and having huge amounts of control over everything and being the keepers of knowledge and a lot of people chafing under that and trying to rebel against that mm-hmm. yeah. and break away from that. So that was interesting. And we have this capital army that uh, Wilmot is not happy about at all because the capital guards purpose supposedly, supposedly. Wow. I joke about people saying supposedly so much. I actually almost said it myself. Hey man, welcome, welcome to the internet. <laughs> I need to get off the internet. Next, I'm going to say irregardless. Ooh, oh, man. Please don't say that. Just let it rip. <laughs> God, I'm so embarrassed. That's, anyway, that's the worst one. Anyway, now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> you know, no, you, you, you were talking about how um, uh, Wilmot is uh, kind of yes, peeved so about the, the Capitol Army. Guard, their supposed purpose is just to protect the space elevator. Mm-hmm. But then the Capitol Army has been secretly formed from among the ranks of the Capitol Guard. So clearly the people in charge of uh, the elevator want to take a much more active role in the world than just defending their little space elevator. Right. And you definitely leads, want – Please, do think there's going to be much greater conflicts pretty yeah. soon. And you guys want to call it now that uh, the Bell is going to be pulling a Dunbine and, and hanging out with the pirates? Yeah, yeah, I, I would imagine so. I mean, the the ED sequence kind of kind of alludes to that. <laughs> yeah. a, little, a little bit of spoilers in the in the in the in the, in the credits and, and the appearance of a very mysterious masked man. Oh yeah, absolutely. So yeah. mysterious. I wonder who it could you be. You absolutely cannot tell that it's Bellry's friend Lewin. Oh my gosh, yeah. you you lie. <laughs> that that would be too obvious. By the way. Do you know what the the masked man's name is? Oh, his name is uh from what I saw here, his name is Mask? Yes. Yeah, his oh. name is Mask. Yo, man, it's mad unique. <laughs> Not even like some kind of 
adjective to describe the mask. Not fancy mask, not silver mask, not blazing mask, just mask. They were going to call him Matt Tracker, but they realized it would be copyright infringement. (laughs) (laughs) It's Well, I'll be honest with you. Mm -hmm. You won't have to worry about trying to remember it. Oh, no. You won't won't need the Legend of Galactic Heroes uh, name thing underneath them because that's Mask. But I wanted to. Who's that guy? Who's that guy in the mask? (laughs) Exact mask. No, it's Mask. (laughs) No, I'm saying who's in the mask? No, Mask. Who's on first? (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, so... I think this episode has revealed the most so far about the situation in the world. And, you know, this is the organic way of revealing things, of having people talk about it in a conversation that tells you stuff that you just sort of learn, but not not written in a way that is supposed to tell you stuff. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're talking day. amongst these things that they know, yeah. but we get to see rather than it being written in a way that it's deliberately meant to tell us these things. Like if they're lecturing us by breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. We're eavesdropping on conversations and exactly. getting, picking up the pieces. And that is so dope, man. It's, 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 it's good when uh, someone can challenge the audience. So that way they can figure things out. And it, it actually bolsters conversation so that people, you know, like us can, and, and it, our listeners can come together and actually talk about the events of the episode and say, Hey, you know, I noticed this, this, and this. You know, you 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 share thoughts, and maybe you might have not picked up on something, but maybe your friend did, and then you know, you all become educated more for it. I think that's a cool experience, well, and it's, it it's feels even, really old school. Yeah, it's even and beyond it, that. It, mm-hmm. It's just the fact of it makes you come back to every episode, and it makes you sit there and really watch the episode, as opposed to sometimes with some of these things where some of these shows that they're so they're so formulaic and they they have so many so much data dump at certain times that you just kind of sit back and do other things while you're watching this in the background. Mm-hmm. You actually have to sit here and watch this show exactly. to kind of to kind of uh, understand it. Mm-hmm. And I, that's a horrible thing, but I mean, who knew? <laughs> I you know, but yeah, you're right. It's been it's, done for it's, years, it's, it's for been, decades. It's been done for years, but as of recently, um, I guess a lot of writers have taken the simple approach, and it's it's caused a lot of bad habits in viewers. And I'm glad to see that this series has come along to to really challenge people. I, like I, I, th- I, I think I think people who enjoy science fiction are going to dig this show a lot, um, because there's a lot to be digested here. And I think I'll go one further than you, Saul, bro. I yeah. think people that are interested in mechs and Gundam mm-hmm. will like this show too. Oh man! <laughs> Who knew? But Chris, I'm sorry, I I I, I interrupted you. No, I was just saying that you know it definitely is an approach that apply that requires more patience. Mm-hmm. But I appreciate that because there's nothing I hate more than watching some anime and like the first four minutes is just clips and some narrator just doing massive info dumps about some yeah. world and the background and the situation. Mm-hmm. Or as I mentioned earlier, people having conversations that they would never actually have amongst themselves, but clearly are meant to be info dumps like say you know that because this situation <laughs> is like this and 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 this it's like that person the other person say why are you mentioning that i we everybody knows this everybody speaks in exposition is that what you're saying <laughs> yeah speaking in exposition whereas here is just casual mention of stuff yeah. that you put the pieces together by thinking mm-hmm. and it reveals the larger tapestry yeah absolutely so again yeah there are some rough spots in the show yeah ida is really weird and 
goes between extremes of behavior. Yeah, Naredo is pretty annoying. Yes, Radaya is a complete mystery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of the storytelling is just a little bit rough in spots, but it's a solid show and it's not the piece of trash that a lot of people are going into overtime trying to make it out to be. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's four episodes in. I mean, you can. Is there? Is there a lot? There's so many shows that you can sit there that ended up being great at the end. Where you watch those first, um, you know, epi- first few episodes, they're a little rough. They're a little rough. So, I mean, you just gotta, you just gotta keep going with it and and take it for what it is at the end. And, and you if know, you look at be- most Gundam shows, they're they're a slow burn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most Gundam shows do not, you know, really just drop you in and explain every single aspect of the world. I mean, hell, look at uh, Gundam X. How long it took to oh, learn God. some elements, like you know, Jamil being the pilot of the Gundam X at mm-hmm. the fateful time, or you know, the the background of the Frost Brothers, or the secret reformation of the Federation. Yep. You know, the stuff takes time to play out because it's meant to. Yes. So just because it's not unfolding in the way that you want it to immediately with instant gratification doesn't mean that it's wrong. It's not perfect, Reconquista, but it's not the trash that people are claiming that it is. It's yep. not incomprehensible. It's not indecipherable. It's not nonsensical. People just need to stop complaining and actually just watch the show and pay attention. Oh, no, what a concept. <laughs> And, and and just and on on the other thing, it's not over. Oh God, it's only it's, four it's, episodes in, and if this is going to run fifty, not not that that's been confirmed, but it could run like a full a full year. You know, so we, far we, it's only confirmed to run two cores, so twenty five or twenty six episodes. Exactly, we still just scratched the surface, so it's you know you know we got a lot of episodes to go and a whole lot more to learn. So I don't I honestly don't understand where people come from. I'll just uh, being at uh, Chris went over a lot of good points. I'll just I'll, I'll just point out. Uh, just a few things that I, I dug about the episode. Uh, Tomino finally got to do a series involving space pirates. <laughs> Even if they're not really space pirates. Uh, uh, and You know, some people, funny you mentioned that, uh-huh. some people I've, I've seen comment are upset that the space pirates that we're getting aren't the crossbones. It's oh. like, God, people. Are they really? Oh, yes, geez. like, let it go. Crossbone not happening. Hey, you know, they could have descended from them. You never know. <laughs> The, the, it's not, the, it's not that great, folks. Oh my gosh! Um, it's funny that they pointed out that they're near the Caribbean, though. You know, I, I had to speak. I thought for a moment, space pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's pretty cool that they that they at least revealed. Is that, does with, that mean that Clem is Jack Sparrow? Could yeah, be, he's man. Captain Captain Jack Clem. Hell yes, dude! That's amazing. <laughs> I can only imagine Johnny Depp's voice coming out of his mouth in the dub that will never happen. He's going to say savvy every every time. (laughs) Savvy! But yeah, I mean, it, they they reveal their location basically by by mentioning that. So I thought that was uh, kind of nice. Where else um, are pirates going to hang out? I know, I know. I, I mean, seriously. What was I thinking? Uh, may, maybe around Hawaii or so, but uh, I don't know. I I, I thought uh, Somalia. They could be Somali pirates. That's true. That's true. But yeah, uh, the the battle between uh, Bellary and Delinson's troops was a pretty neat moment, uh, especially when uh, Bellary figured out how to use that uh, that ability to take on all three of those uh, mobile suits at the same time. He pretty much effed him up. 
yeah. <laughs> and left him pretty salty about that uh, about that in- uh, that that uh, encounter. So now uh, he's kind of made an enemy of his former commander, and that's going to suck for him later on. So uh, it, it's it's cool to see that seed get planted. This is the episode where Clem Nick he kind of gets his evaluation of Delitzen too, and says that he's a a pretty solid commander, and we have reason to fear him if we ever face him again. So that uh, at least gives him a, gives us an assessment of what Delison's capable of. So I think that was nice. But outside of that, uh, you know, I I, I thought it was I thought it was a, a, a very uh, well done episode. It was it was it was very good. So why don't we close that with some ratings? Sobro. Um, I'll have to give this episode uh three and a half fishes in, fish in a ball, man. <laughs> oh, you you stole my chuchumis. Oh man, I'm sorry. <laughs> Bastard. My bad. Well, I'm gonna give it four cease and desist from disney because they're using the secret army like they did in star wars prequels oh. out of five <laughs> four evil gundam type palpatines out of five hey man that koompa receded we man. need we need a, a capital army yeah that koompa receded and his machinations man yeah <laughs> scary stuff there you go i'm gonna give this one three and a half delicious pirate meals out of five Oh yeah, those nice. because they use oh. good oil, you know. They do. Yeah, they, they do. They use the best. <laughs> they said they F Crisco, the man. <laughs> we don't use that garbage. We need space oil. Indeed, indeed. I do have one thing to say though that I was happy to see with all the other with all four episodes mm-hmm. is that I like it that, I, and I miss this because this is the way it used to be. You just get the title sequence and then you go in. You don't have oh here's the story at the beginning. Oh, cold. And open? then we'll do the title sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I, I'm I'm kind of like sitting there going, wow, it's been a long time since I've just sat it, watched a show where there wasn't like you know oh this is the beginning. Oh crap! Now I got to sit here and watch, listen to J-pop. Oh. And then yeah, I'm I'm good with just getting it and then going into the show. It's it's kind of nice. I like this. Speaking of the opening sequence, man, uh, I I like the song. But I find that the kind of the the sequence itself is lacking a bit. It's comprised more of scenes from the show than being kind of a showpiece, like a lot of uh, intros for Gundam are. They're kind of like their own standalone music video, and uh, maybe second season, the the second half of the show will have a a, a, a more original intro. But that- well, apparently, it's supposed to change pretty soon. Maybe. Uh- Maybe they didn't want to put in like too many spoilers into the op until a certain point. Oh wow! If if that's the case, then uh, I, that like, my opinion on that. Well, they could always black change. out the Zeta. They could yeah. just black out the Zeta. And the then, Zeta. And then the reveal it. <laughs> reveal it. it ep- what episode fifteen? Yeah. There you go, man. It's keep, like, hmm, what is that? Keep it in oh, the shadows. It's the Zeta. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I am loving the. Or character. just or just add Shar screaming. <laughs> or nice. cavemen. Or cavemen. cavemen? Yeah. <laughs> Evolution of pilots, oh. or, or some random like glowy wall thing coming out of the moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> or, or of course, the other one where you just have, and it would it would be in step with all the dancing. It's just like in uh, MSG where everybody's doing the pirouettes at the beginning. There you go. You know, <laughs> love me some pirouetting uh, bright. That's the best. Yo, give me some, give me some of that ballet, son. <laughs> I, I I will say I, I am loving the character designs in this show. They kind of look like a cross between Turn A and uh, Overman King Gainer, and the mecha design. Man, I've got no problem with it so those so far. I think the I think the mecha designs look pretty on point. Um, they look unique to this series, and I, I, it looks. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more mobile suits get introduced as the show goes along. Energy distribution being part of the conflict, I think, is a nice touch. You know, it, that's it's as old as time, but uh, it's good to see this be a part of the story, especially since they're using solar power. So, um, seeing how uh, they 
fight over that is going to be uh, interesting as well. I, I, although I complained about the women uh, not having big roles, I did notice during the uh, the amassing of the armies that there were women in the bun- in, in the in the group of uh, of cadets. So there are women that actually are going to be down a, white knights. I know. Okay. I'm just saying. I, okay. I, I noticed that, and so you know, you might see some female characters just run just the ship. Scrap, just scrap everything right now and just make it all female cast. <laughs> but my last observation is uh, Yugo Kano's music. Uh, the other Kano, not Yoko, but uh, Tamina decided to go with Yugo Kano, who uh, whose work I heard last on Stardust Crusaders. It, it seems to uh, fit the show adequately, and uh, but I'm waiting for the soundtrack to hit us with more memorable tracks. So but we've got plenty of time before that happens, but I'm liking it so far. That's that's my overall thoughts. Well, I know I'll definitely be dying buying the Damashi of the G Self. Ooh, nice. I like the G Self. I like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hopefully, it comes with at least. Um, one pack and i'm sure the rest will all be like tamashi web shop exclusives because of course they would <laughs> of course and 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 the and the g self it's it's like big like the gundam it's smaller than the gundam the original gundam the arc 78-2 but it's bigger than like the f91s right it, it i'm trying to get the scale i think uh height wise it's it's around the f91 scale Okay, so because it does look a little bit more compact, like when they went to the smaller suits, but it it almost seems like it's a little bit. It, it's hard to. I'm still trying to figure out the scale of yeah. everything, but uh, it, it seemed like it was more compact, like the F91. Those I think types it's about of suits. 17 or 18 meters, so it's definitely that's on F91, the F91 yeah. victory scale rather than early UC. Yeah, I hadn't had yeah. a chance to look at the uh, tech specs at uh, at mahq.net, guys. I haven't had the chance to look at the tech specs yet, but I was wondering if they were still on the level of uh, small mobile suits like Victory and uh, F. It would make there, sense. There ain't much in the way of tech specs because the only one they've given <laughs> any specs on is the G self. And, oh shit! Um, it's very annoying for me because I have to go back and put all these specs, and also have to go and rename all of these uh, pages once they actually reveal the model numbers mm. for all of these other stupid mobile suits. So it's very annoying. Yo, welcome back to New Gundam, it's Chris. Ha- hashtag <laughs> MHQ problems. Between this and try, it's trying your patience. <laughs> Let me tell you, man, those first two minutes uh-huh. of episode one of Try really tried my patience. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, a lot of, lot of, lot of, a uh, lot of stop, stop, start, right? A lot of. Uh, oh yeah. 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 About two, two, ten minutes it took me to get through those two minutes. <laughs> Jesus! All the screenshots you must have had to take. <laughs> Not, uh, it's not fun. Oh, man, good stuff. Problem that affects only me, so I'll, I'll just shut up now. <laughs> yeah, everyone else enjoys it. <laughs> yeah, enjoy the fruits of my suffering. Yeah. Ungrateful bastards. That's right, man. All right, so that'll wrap up this segment, and we'll be back in the future to talk about the next Bash of Four episodes. But for now, we're going to take a break. You're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. Give a goddamn who you are. This is America, Jack. Now you say one more word about Lisa here, and I'm gonna break my foot off in your royal ass. Are you a fan of Gundam, Robotech, or Transformers? Well, you should check out Gundam at MEHQ, a wonderful source to learn about the Autobots. 
Yes, and once I learn about them, I will be the leader of the Decepticons. What was that, Starscream? Nothing, Lord Megatron. Nothing at all. We're looking for a few good new types. Over the last couple of months, the Gundam Nation has been getting together to play Mobile Suit Gundam Extreme Versus. We call those sessions EX Versus the Gundam Nation. Well, we as a group recently upgraded to the sequel to Extreme Versus, known as Full Boost. We're inviting you to come on out and play the new game with us. Even if you don't have the game, you can watch our live stream and also join in the conversation that we hold on Skype during the stream as well. It's not only a gaming session, but a social event for mecha and anime fans as well. If you have the game, you can add the PSN ID, The Gundam Nation, which is the tag that we use to network all the players for the sessions. Also, make sure to add to your Skype the contact of Shinjuku-Station. So you can have a chance to join the Skype conversation during the stream. If you want to watch the stream live, make sure to head on over to twitch.tv slash fighters ready and follow us there so you can be alerted to when our streams begin. If you missed any of our sessions, head over to youtube.com slash gundammahq and you'll find a lot of our sessions that we've already had archived there. Just be in mind that the conversations held in these sessions may not be safe for work. For more details on the event, make sure you visit gundam.net and click on the EX versus the Gundam Nation section. If you enjoy the game, the podcast, or Gundam in general, then you owe it to yourself to come on out to EX versus the Gundam Nation. We'll see you there. Sumire. She went home. She said she only came here to see the doer all right. Gun Damn, the babe's leaving already! You didn't tell her anything about me, did you? Let's see, I think I mentioned that you're so behind that you needed to take summer classes or else you'd fail out. And of course I let her know that you had severe diarrhea last night. You got a problem with that? Welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. You've been listening to episode 153, where we had a, a very spirited discussion about the first four episodes of Gundam Reconquista in G. And uh, I hope you guys uh, watched the episodes. If you haven't, give it a second try, man. Go, go ahead and... Uh, well, if you haven't, give it a first try. Give it a first try. If you tried to watch the episodes and you weren't feeling them, I hope that our, our, our review may have given you a, a, a bit of change of heart. Or if you did watch the episodes and, uh, fully and, and you have your own opinion, remember, we do have a thread over on mechatalk.net in the Gundam section. We'd like to see what your, what your input is about those episodes. I'm sure we're going to uh, encourage a lot of discussion over the next couple of weeks over uh, those episodes, man. I'm excited to see what you guys have to say. But uh, before we close this episode out, it's time that we do the mailbag. And finally... He has come back to the post office. Postmaster Chris is in the building. Take it away, sir. Did you burn the building down while I was gone? I tried, man. It's, it's apparently made of asbestos. <laughs> <laughs> we tried to raise it. We couldn't. And those, me those messages weren't burning either, man. I don't know what they're made of. All right. Well, we take 
your messages at 305-792-8324. You can leave us that voicemail, or you could do it the old-fashioned way, dropping the question in the thread on mechatalk.net. So we'll start with Diagonum Lagan, who says, Neo. Hmm. Last year, while I was talking to my friend, who happened to be a Japanese girl, she said that she wanted a model of the gun tank because it is cute. How do you respond to that? It's cute like death. <laughs> oh man! What a description. What, what what am I supposed to say? That a Japanese girl, she knows style and she understands that you can have something that's cute yet deadly. <laughs> Isn't that the ultimate weapon? Your your enemies are like, oh, that's so cute. Oh. Hey, you never know. And, and then you get a gunshot in the face because that's what the robos will do when they're going to put the, the cats on top of the Roombas. People are going to go, oh, it's a cat on a Roomba. How cute. Next thing you know, uh, sh- uh, shredded freaking Achilles and then robo- <laughs> uh, Roomba sucks off your face when you're on the ground. So that's what you're going to say is that people will be reaching for their phones to film it and put it on YouTube when they should be reaching for their rifles to shoot. Pretty much, yes. Yes. He also says, P.S., Good news. There are also quite a few episodes of Dexter's Laboratory that also teach kids that AI robots are evil. Oh. In one episode, Dexter creates an AI assistant that later tries to overthrow and murder him. Literally tried to kill him. It was very effective because I remember being scared by that episode. Nice. So now I'm finally seeing where you're coming from. You want to check it out? It's called Ultrabot 2000. Kids must learn the truth because apparently Dexter never does. He gave one of his mobile suits artificial intelligence for goodness sake. <laughs> Yeah, he, he he's part of the problem, Dexter. But I, I do know what well, he's he is a mad about. scientist. So yes. he is a mad scientist. Yes, all he needs is a cat. So, but yes. Next up, we have Furious Rodimus, who says, "Gundam crew, I need a verdict on a weighty matter of fandom. Which is more annoying: Transformers fans who buy everything and complain when they get more, or Gundam fans who don't buy anything and complain when they get less? As part of your verdict, how would you punish each of these nefarious groups of evildoers?" Man. Well, it's easy to say. The first question, yes, they're both annoying. <laughs> Transformers, that, more trans- annoying. doesn't matter. Yes. No, hell no. You don't get to back out this question. I rarely ever get to, 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 to break out a question. You have to pick one, man. Which no one? Switzerlanding. That's right. No, no Switzerland, man. What are you doing? <laughs> Which um, you pulling a soul, bro? Is that what Gundam you're trying fans. to do? <laughs> Gundam fans. I agree with you. <laughs> so how do, how, how do they get uh, punished? Um, they actually get set in a world where they actually have to buy all the things that they keep talking about that they would like to have because mm-hmm. you know none of them would buy it. They don't want to buy it. That's what I would do. Soul bro? Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with Neo. Um, I think the Gundam fans that don't buy anything are definitely more annoying. And How do you punish them? The way I punish them is that you bring out every Gundam series that they don't want out here and none of the ones they do. That's it. Not that I want to see that happen, but that's how you punish them. Oh, the current <laughs> business model. They, Good. <laughs> Sometimes hopes do come true. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to go with Gundam fans because, you know, that's where I am. Mm-hmm. More than Transformers. And how would I punish them? The Rack. The Rack? Uh, <laughs> Yo, son. <laughs> all of them. Yeah. To the Rack. You're you, you going to get Ramsey Snow on them? Is that what you're going to do? <laughs> yes. Flay all those bastards. Oh, I'm sorry. Ramsey Bolton. <laughs> yes. Get it right. Where, or you'll, uh, you'll turn into Reek. Where, oh, my God. <laughs> Where were my manners? Next, we have Mr. The Hod, who says, Hail the Gundam crew. Mm-hmm. If there was a movie produced about your life, who would play you and why? Oh. P.S. Hail Hydra. Oh, indeed. Mm. Indeed. Soul bro? Oh, my Denzel, God. Denzel, right? Oh, 
know if I can only be that dope. No, I can't. I What's can't. a movie? I can't. Very rarely do the people look the way they, they are. I think Denzel could pull it off, but it would be a tough. Oh, t- he could pull off Soul Bro? Oh, shit. He probably could, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put that on him. <laughs> Maybe Denzel could play my dad, but uh, as for me, I got to go with someone who looks like me. I'll probably go with Kel right. Mitchell from uh, Saturday Night Live and uh, Keenan and Kel. Probably go with him. And Good Burger. And Good Burger, yes. I think yeah. that's a, the, 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 the larger one. I think that's Kel Mitchell. Is that Keenan? I don't even know. But the, the big guy, I would go with him to play the big me in guy, that movie. The bigger guy of Keenan and Kel. The one that went on to successful to a successful career. <laughs> That's who I would go with. So there you go. Neil? Of course. Matthew McConaughey. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> all right, all right. You went right to the Oscar winner. <laughs> But also go to the guy that why wouldn't I? Hey man, I, I think I think Matthew McConaughey could pull me off. You too can drive a Lincoln. <laughs> I too could drive a Lincoln. Yes, I could. <laughs> Shout out to Rust. <laughs> so there you go. All right, I'm gonna go with. I'll give the the why before the who. Mm-hmm. Okay. The why is why the hell not, and the who is Sarah Silverman. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> because why not? Who gives a shit? It's, it's not going to be accurate anyway. Might as well have me be played by a woman. Who are you, Bob Dylan? <laughs> That's pretty funny. He had a whole movie comprised of women and men playing him. I guess I guess Chris is thinking outside the box. Yep. Next, we have The Shade. Hmm. He says, hey, guys. Newly registered guy here, but longtime listener. Nice. I'm rewatching the original 82 Macross series on my Animigo DVDs. Hmm. For a DVD release done in 2001, they really did a good job with the material they had. Mm-hmm. The video is pretty decent and the mono audio clear. Hmm. Plot-wise, it's a bit goofy at times, but I have to keep reminding myself when the show was produced and then its primary target would have been children. Mm-hmm. The one thing that really makes me sigh, though, is the animation. Oh. The series really really is slightly Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. The anime friends episodes are so terribly animated. Think the knife fight scene between Max and Milia, but the Yartland episodes are the total opposite. So beautifully animated, especially episode 27. Yes. The fight against the Badolza main fleet is very detailed for a TV show of that era. Mm-hmm. I can only wonder how long it took them to animate this particular episode. On another note, I wanted to say curse you, Chris. Whenever I heard my boyfriend is a pilot, I couldn't help but hear it in the old-timey news voice. Please do a favor for me. Don't ever do Do You Remember Love in that voice. Please, please, please. I'm down on my knees pleading. Oh. Anyways, keep up the great work on this show and have a good summer, Chris. He, Rest well. He just asked well, for someone to contribute that to uh, the old-timey news you, thread. Is you that know what that's going to be the very first. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> submitted by the name. Old-timey uh, <laughs> next episode. So, submitted by either Yokozuna Bulldozer or the Day Man. Oh, my God. <laughs> That'll be the. That'll be it. It's only a matter of time, Shade Man. Cover your ears. <laughs> Do you remember when our eyes first met? <laughs> <laughs> Is that the teaser? <laughs> I guess so. Oh, no. That's the teaser, huh? Oh man, a little sneak preview. <laughs> yep. Speaking of Yoko's the bulldozer, he's up next and says hello. Oh. Number one, which mecha would be the fastest for calculating pi? What? Uh, I don't know. Double Aquanta. Oh, I'm gonna I'm go with the. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Methus. Just because <laughs> it's got to be useful in something. <laughs> Gun tank. There you go. <laughs> Two. What is the most bizarre mecha concept to this day? Ooh. Oh my god. I, I don't know. Um. It's been so the Bolanoks and Amon because oh. it's like who the hell in the right mind would make something so goddamn ugly? Yeah. Uh. That's a good one. But this got to be more bizarre though. I'm gonna go with uh, the uh, 
was it the the BTR from Kill the Kill? Oh, yeah, that's a song. Where you uh, man. lock yourself into this mecha with your butt sticking out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. Damn, uh. I, I don't think I could beat those two. <laughs> that's that's pretty bad. The most I was gonna say is the. Uh, the Kapool from uh, Turn A Gundam and uh, and Victory Gundam, I think. That's really the most bizarre you can come up with. No, it really isn't. Dude, that's weak sauce. That is weak sauce, right? You should at least say Zaccarello. Oh, my God. But that's a mobile armor. That's not a mobile suit. You said bizarre mecha concept. Mecha concept. Zaccarello is weird. I want to go with... What's the one from... Uh, the one from... Uh, from from Double O... No, sorry. 8th MS Team. That... Uh, the... Uh, the... And... Uh, Sorry, I forget his name, but the main villain uh, pilot is Absurus? the Asterus. The Asterus? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's always been weird, especially when you see that's a That's more of- bizarre than the Zaccarello? Uh, that's more bizarre than uh, Fancy Pants Boy Alexander and Double O. All right, his go- little his gold-plated thing with all his little fancy trimmings. I'll, like- I'll go with the Zaccarello. I'm- <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Number three. Michael Jackson became a Mecca once. Which other celebrity or public figure should be a Mecca? Oh, well, Mecca Streisand from South Park. But that's been done. <laughs> oh, what, what, could, uh, what other uh, can be a... Mm-hmm. I'll go with Mecca Brad Pitt, man. I always want to see a mechanized version of Tyler Durden. Especially really? since I just saw him in uh, Fury, man. He was a badass in that movie, by the way. Is that just your way he, to he talk tra- about Fury? He, he transforms from a tank into, into, into Mecca Tyler Durden. Let's go. I'm good. I'm good. There you go. He can handle it. I'm going to well, go with Mech Obama, because why not? Wow. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Complete with Kenyan, uh, Kenyan colors. <laughs> I'm going to do Mecca Liam Neeson's cock. Wow. <laughs> nice. What? <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying orbital elevator then, right? <laughs> Remember, remember that, uh, remember that large tubular thing from uh, Star Trek IV? Uh huh. The whale thing. Yes. Think that. There you go. There but you bigger. Go. Oh Jesus! <laughs> That's what we hear. My imagination doesn't stretch that far. <laughs> Either um, that or Mecha Danny DeVito. <laughs> oh Jesus! Next, we have a question from Dekanum Lagan asking. Uh, how we would customize our own megas. He says, if this question won't take too long to answer, but I think it probably will, so we're going to skip that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And move on to RoboLizard222. Uh-oh. He says, hello, Gundam3. I just wish to say thank you for creating an awesome source of fun, info, and lunacy. Chris, thanks for your wonderful sites that have brought people together, even if they might act like knuckleheads half the time. <laughs> also, thanks for providing advice to those lost in hopes and dreams. Oh it's nice to hear a realist explain things. Mm-hmm. Thanks for being a resolute, ill-informed reporter and robo-hater. <laughs> it is made for very entertaining moments and has made people aware of how great robot rulers would be. Oh, damn. Oh, so, bro. <laughs> Thank you for this awesome show and your positive energy. Such happy laughter, dude. Thank you may be the butt of many jokes and pokes on the show. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know about butts and pokes. <laughs> but you are the one to make it all happen so thank you for bringing these guys together for a cool show it's a joy to listen to you well thank you sir speaking of coolness and joy ever thought of having a robot apocalypse or tomes roundup you know so everyone can be as informed as neo on those robot air quote threats that's not a bad i think i think someone's asking for robot propaganda is what someone's asking oh, for here yeah, that's, what they, that's what they're that's what he's trying to do so yeah. subversive but i'm not i'm not i'm not falling for your trap uh, i'm falling for your trap but thank you for the questions i mean thank you yep. for the comments yes except for the 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 ones mine that are kind of you know slights <laughs> <laughs> jesus 
And uh, next, oh, Zero the Masked Knight with one of his crazy impossible dilemmas. This is really long. So uh, do, do you guys want to do a long impossible dilemma? No. Uh, I, I, if I had time to prepare, yes, but no. <laughs> Sorry. We're going to. What, what is this? Choose, uh, is it a choose your own adventure well, thing? One of these, like, choose between all of these horrible things I'm going to throw at you that he loves to do so much oh. on Chaos Theater. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate the the energy, but you you got you too detailed. You got to streamline it, streamline it, because there's so many other people trying to get their questions in. <laughs> Wait, when when you got like five paragraphs of text, then you've you've gone too far. So sorry, we're we're not going to come back to that. So please cut things down. Mm-hmm. Next up, Angel Wing Zero who says, "Hey, Gundam crew, been wondering if you guys are watching the new show Knights of Sidonia. The show seems pretty interesting. The setting is a somewhat new take on the post-apocalypse. The mecha comet is solid, actual interesting sci-fi." and the character interactions don't make you want to kill said characters. There is some high school type drama in there since the stars are teens, but they juxtapose the sometimes trite drama of said teenagers dying horribly. Have you guys been watching? If so, what do you think? If not, would you guys give it a shot? Actually, I have been watching. I just started watching it the other day on Netflix. I'm about two episodes in. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, that's a series that got picked up by Netflix. That's right. It was a big deal when uh, people were talking about it. I I need to get on that as well as... uh, Do you recall with that new anime that aired just the other day um, where the first episode Louisiana gets nuked? What's that one? The main character is said to be autistic. I forget what it is, but they keep people keep telling me about that show. Oh my god! How did you know? (laughs) Oh my gosh! But yeah, I I I put off on watching a bunch of new animes, and I'd like to check out Knights of Sidonia sometime soon. I've actually I actually started watching it, Mm -hmm. but then school started and I stopped. I think I got around like episode four or five, Mm -hmm. and it is pretty interesting. There is and there is some pretty bad deaths and um it, it's a it's an interesting world i'll put it that at least with uh what's going on and almost kind of like with when g reco where you you know you have the kind of results of a, a past past war and a past battle but this has got aliens so <laughs> all right next up we have yokozuna bulldozer who again says hello oh ho. Which mecha show deserves an honest trailer? Oh, we all know the answer to this. <laughs> uh, I don't what does that testing. mean? Uh, honest trailer is a series on YouTube where uh, the uh, this announcer goes in and actually delivers an honest trailer about the movie that he's talking about. He brings up all the all the flaws in it, and it, it, they end up being pretty funny. Um, mm. They're kind of okay. par- they're parody. I get it. They're parody trailers. I get it. I get it. Yeah, right. I get it. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I had to explain it. Um, no, honest. I would say Evangelion first on the list, but then uh, any Tom- <laughs> any Tomino show second. So, <laughs> so yeah, Ava, Ava definitely would 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 be the top of my pops for an honest trailer. Absolutely, Age. Destiny all the way. Oh yes, holy Age. shit! Age. Oh my god, that would be brutal. <laughs> Man, Garzy's wing. Oh damn! You wings are in. Oh, you going in for blood now, fuck? <laughs> Robotech Shadow Chronicles. Oh Jesus! Ooh. To the nuts. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have listener Redstang65 who says, Hey, guys, Gundam Mechanic here. Mm. Two more questions for after the robot apocalypse. Number one, <laughs> Neo. Oh. At some point in the robot war, you're shot down. You survive but are separated from Lord King, Survey, the Admiral, and all of your elite fighters. Damn. You stumble into a small village that is under robot attack. 
The village is populated by only the secondary characters from the Gundam universe. <laughs> now you must assemble a ragtag dysfunctional team of pilots from the Gundam universes that don't get along and go on a near-suicide mission against all odds, save the village, and get you back to command. Who do you choose for the best Gundam pilot team mashup? Think Mighty Ducks, but of Gundam pilots. So just a, a, a lovable band of misfits? Oh my yes. God. Oh, you'd have to have uh, Mondo and Picha in there. Oh, my God. They, but they'll, they they'll, they'll betray you instantly. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but so somehow, that, that would not be very helpful. They'd betray uh, you like five times in the span of ten minutes. Of course, though, the, 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 the calming factor would be the, the king himself, the Arthurian legend himself, um, Saji Crossroach. You, you will. I mean, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Definitely, we need him. What about your man? Uh, what about your man, Amancha, man? Come on, dude. You can't. No, no team is complete without that man and his mustache. No. Come on now. Come on. Stop. Stop. Stop fighting it. <laughs> um, one of the one of the disposable uh, guys that are vo- what is it voiced by TM Revolution in the Seed series, Heine and what was it, Miguel? Miguel? Gotta oh, have yeah. the yeah, of course, because you need them to be the cannon father to make the breakout move. It's like guys, go forward. <laughs> It's like, hey, you out. guys in the shiny orange suits. Yeah. <laughs> no one will notice you. <laughs> at, 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 least, at least Heine will be of some use. Of course, uh, Rio Jose, mm-hmm. uh, Slagger, and probably rounding it out, um, uh, who, who, is that, uh, who is that crazy, uh, that crazy lady in um, Stardust Memories with all the, all the beefcakes guys around oh, her? Seema. Seema. Oh, my God. <laughs> Does anybody survive she this? She betrayed you too. <laughs> she would betray me. That is true. Oh my god! And maybe Marbet's baby. What the? F- <laughs> is that secondary? You know, Oliver Junior. Oh, <laughs> Oliver Junior. <laughs> if I stay with him, he'll he'll know not he'll know not to go into large wheels. He'll ram its carriage into the robots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You should have <laughs> just said Oliver, types. son. <laughs> Hey, I'll make it out. All these people can die. They can bicker and they can do. See, it's called it's called uh you know uh doing a little bit of um reverse psychology on the on the robots well, what about the homie cots man no love for him <laughs> don't ever oh man don't you want to see him die again come on now no i'd kill him myself probably <laughs> Damn. Well, that, that moves us to question number two which says the war is over and you won of course you must build a memorial for all the Solbro's men that were oh. sacrificed in Canada to save the world. What would it look like? Come on. <laughs> oh, well, it'd just be – well, you'd have to have just a, a stack of just faceless bodies there. What? And on the top would be a cross, uh, Saji Crossroach with a chair holding up, holding up that folding chair up into the sky. <laughs> like the Ark like that, that image of uh, from G Gundam of like the Gundam yes, of Gundam all the, the top all, of the pile all, of Gundams. Yeah, all the defeated people, and then yeah, just Saji Crossroads triumphantly it. holding a folding chair. Yes, can it can it just be like the Iwo Jiro monument where it's all a bunch of dudes trying to hoist up a folding no. chair? Come on now, no, no, well, well, all right, it's my monument. <laughs> You're dead and gone because you're a robo collaborator. Oh. If the robo, if the robots didn't kill you, you would have been you'd be purged in the uh, oh, so in we the f- trials after afterwards for well, being a robo collaborator. So we're forgetting my come to Jesus moment the last couple episodes ago. All right, but all right then, all right. <laughs> this is an alternate history. Hey, okay. <laughs> and next up is Yokozuna Bulldozer who says Damn. hello. 
Number one, I recently heard that the name tall geese originates from the name Thurgist and not a tall geese. What? Likewise, are there any cases where you thought Emeka's name meant or derived from something, but turned out it originated from something unexpected? Huh? <laughs> not really. I have no idea. I don't know. Um, damn. That if you don't, if yeah, I think he's thinking about a name too much. I, I would. I would. I never really think about him, to be honest with you. That would take some yeah. study. <laughs> Number two, which celebrity do you guys think could be a possible closeted mecha junkie? For example, Liam Neeson owning five lines that are dyed black, red, green, blue, and yellow, or Hugo Weaving cosplaying as Giran when no one is around and reciting the death of Garma speech. Okay. <laughs> a mecha junkie, huh? I'm trying to think of an actual actor that actually uh, digs science fiction of some degree, but I don't know. Um, uh, George Clooney, because why not? Joseph Gordon-Levitt, possibly? <laughs> Christian Bale. Christian, oh my god, that'd be amazing. He'd make a great Gearian, though. What, what if he started the Death of Garma speech by asking people if they like Huey Lewis? <laughs> <laughs> or, where, or where's the detonator? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, didn't he kill Jared Leto? Yes. <laughs> that scene? With an axe. Oh no. <laughs> and his last question. Two RX-78s filled with different with different power sources are in a one-on-one combat situation. Mm-hmm. Which will win? Solar-powered Gundam that has all of these panels on its body or wind-powered Gundam that is decked out with windmills all over its body? To allow equal fight conditions, the field is a windy desert. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he, did he spell it? <laughs> desert. Well, he, he actually spelled it D. Desert. Well, dessert. Well done, Yoko. Well done. I'm gonna go with solar powered. That is that's that is uh, wind powered. It takes the rotation of the windmills to go. So there's that added factor. You're wrong. Huh? You're wrong. Okay. You're wrong, and I'll tell you exactly tell why. Tell me. Tell me how. Please, please, please enlighten me. Nighttime. Oh, but he didn't... sun is gone at nighttime. Wind carries on. But he didn't say it was night. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it could be still. It could be a high noon. Doesn't matter. We have days. All right. All right. If it's at night, then I completely unless lose. it's Tatooine. Right. <laughs> you win. I'm gonna go with solar powered. Reflects the light like a giant magnifying lens and melts the windmill Gundam. Ooh, oh, that could happen. Yeah. With the pilot still inside. So, My so the, 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 on the shield, there's actually a large magnifying glass. Yes. Wow. <laughs> and we're going to close it off with the last question for tonight from Furious Rodimus. Gundam Crew. For some reason, a new company decides it's a great idea to take three unrelated mecha anime and make them into one continuity and have chosen you to select the source material and the new overarching story. What three shows do you choose and how do you slam them together? <clears throat> I got to go with Mobile Suit Gundam as my first show. Then my second show would be uh, SPT Lasner And my third show, what would that be? I'm going to go nuts. I'm going to go with uh, uh, t- uh, L Game as my third series. And how would I tie them together? Uh, I would say that uh, Mobile Suit Gundam is like the, the beginning series and that it kind of establishes the world. And then there's a, a apocalypse that happens in uh, SPT Lasner, of course. So, you know, of course, that happens halfway through. But that those characters are the descendants of the Mobile Suit Gundam characters, you know, I'll make up some bullshit because that's, you know, that's pretty much what's done. Uh, and then, um, you know, in, in the far off future, that's where, uh, that's where L game takes place. And that series would be, you know, kind of, 
kind of like the tail end where everything culminates at the end. And, you know, they don't go together at all, but, you know, I would try to make it work. <laughs> Neil? So you're saying three unrelated mecha anime. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm thinking Evangelion, the original series. Oh. The Evangelion movies after that, and then those new HD movies. Because they're all unrelated, right? And how would you slam them together? I think I'd just slam them into in a, a pathetic attempt to keep cashing in on an overhyped anime property. You said three unrelated, right? Uh-huh. I, I didn't meet yes. the qualification, right? Yes. Okay, cool. Okay. Here's what I'm going to do with for my three unrelated series. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that one was uh, d- uh, that one was dedicated to uh, uh, Destiny Gundam. I figured as much. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so my first one is going to be Robotech. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ooh. Jesus Christ! <laughs> no, go, go, keep going, keep going. And and the three series that are already in it. There you all go. All 85 episodes of them. Freaking brilliant. Keep it coming. The second series is going to be Excel Saga. Oh no! Uh. <laughs> Stab me now. <laughs> the third series is going to be Full Metal Panic. Oh, wow! It's just Full Metal Panic so, or the whole thing? Uh, just the original series. Mm-hmm. The, okay. So Robotech, and then after Robotech, the reason that Rick Hunter disappeared is because he disguised himself as Il Palazzo and went back in time, <laughs> trying to take over the world to get it ready. For the impending Zentradi invasion. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, then doesn't, that doesn't work, and he becomes jaded, so he uh, fashions himself as a villain and becomes Gowron. Nice. Nice. And, so, and Sosuke is secretly Sosuke Hunter and oh. never knew it. Oh, the son Sosuke. of the villain. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I'd actually, I'd, it's, it's a good thing I'm not head of Harmony Gold. I'd sanction that one. Well, there you have it. You, you you go from pilot to full series, full yep. series pickup, yep. full season pickup, funded. Get that Kickstarter. Ready. Yes, funded. <laughs> I'm only asking for fifty million dollars. Oh my! God. To produce this one episode. What a what a modest budget. Which will be the first episode of Robotech. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually, we get to the new material in episode eighty six. Woo, man. <laughs> Got plenty of time to plan. I'm speechless. <laughs> or, or, or go to Aruba or something. <laughs> Protoculture, son. <laughs> it's the end all be all. It's the. Man. And there wow. it is. So it's going to wrap up the mailbag. And please keep those questions coming in. Solbro, I will turn it back to you. Well, thank you, sir. Um, that is going to close out this episode of Gundam. But before we bring things to an end, any uh, any final things you guys wanted to mention before we uh, take this to a close? No, no. Oh, well, all right. Uh, a hush falls over the crowd. But uh, when you guys have time, definitely check out these websites. Head on over to where the magic happens. MAHQ.net. Visit there for reviews of many mecha-related animes and manga series. Also join the conversation at MAHQ's official forums at mechatalk.net, where you can find forums for this show and other MAHQ and Shinjuku Station podcasts. There you can comment on the thread for this episode or others and submit questions for future podcasts. If you're looking for previous episodes of Gundam at MAHQ, Look no further than Gundam.net, where you can also find information on all of our previous episodes. Also find us on iTunes by using the keyword Gundam, and make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. After listening to our show, your next stop should be Chaos Theater, MAHQ's podcast that focuses on other facets of nerddom outside of Mecca. Hosted by the webmaster of MAHQ, Gundam's own Chris Guanche, and the pedal bear of the South, Tomopop's own 
Pedro Cortez. You can tune into the show at chaostheater.blogspot.com and on iTunes by searching for Chaos Theater. Don't forget that we're also on YouTube, where you can not only find our previous episodes, but extra content as well. Subscribe to these channels when you have time. YouTube.com slash Gundam M-A-H-Q. YouTube.com slash Chaos Theater M-A-H-Q. YouTube.com slash Fighters Ready. YouTube.com slash Shin Station Fight Tube. And YouTube.com slash Shinjuku Station. Last but not least, make a beeline to Shinjuku Station's home for live streaming. That's tinyurl.com slash Shin Station. Every week we stream live with anime commentaries like Shoji Ramaro's Anime Movie Night and live podcasts like our new show, Barbecue Night. Don't sleep. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash Shin Station and follow us to keep up with all our future live streams as well as archives of our most recent sessions. And that's it for Gundam at MAHQ episode 153. We'll see you guys next time. Whatsoever be he worthy, you shall have the power. Whatever, man. It's a trick. No, it is much more than that, my friend. <laughs> if I lift it, do I get to rule Asgard? Yes, of course. I will be fair but firmly cruel. <clears throat> be right back. Are you even pulling? Are you on my team? Just represent, pull. All right, let's go. <clears throat> Come on, Cap. <laughs> Nothing. Oh, no, no, that's not a question I need answered. The handle's imprinted. Whosoever is carrying Thor's fingerprints is, I think, the literal translation. Yes, well, that's a very interesting theory. I have a simpler one. You're all not worthy. Oh. <laughs> How could you be worthy? You're all puppets, tangled in strings. Gundam at MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. Murph is a great kid. She's really bright, but she's been having a little trouble lately. She brought this in to show the other students the section on the lunar landings. Yeah, it's one of my old textbooks. She always loved the pictures. It's an old federal textbook. We've replaced them with the corrected versions. Corrected? Explaining how the Apollo missions were fake to bankrupt the Soviet Union. You don't believe we went to the moon? I believe it was a brilliant piece of propaganda that the Soviets bankrupted themselves, pouring resources into rockets and other useless machines. Useless machines? And if we don't want a repeat of the excess and wastefulness of the 20th century, then we need to teach our kids about this planet, not tales of leaving it. You know, one of those useless machines they used to make was called an MRI. 
And if we had any of those left, the doctors would have been able to find the cyst in my wife's brain before she died instead of afterwards. And then she'd have been the one sitting there listening to this instead of me, which had been a good thing because she was always the, the calmer one.